Football fans, welcome back to the Big Kahuna's Football Podcast, where we bring banter from the bar to the pod. I know you're going to dig this. Welcome everyone to episode four of the Big Kahuna's Football Podcast live from coast to coast, see the shiny sea here in the USA. This is Mr. Trusted Process, Mr. Ryan, a.k.a. Hawaiian Ryan, a.k.a. the four-time, 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 four-time. Never been to the playoffs in the Dynasty League. Um, that, yeah, that guy. Um, as you can tell, I ate my Wheaties, took my vitamins, and I'm hyped for today's show. Joining me is Nick Le Champion, the three-time, three-time, three-time Dynasty Fantasy Football League champion representing Tampa Delphia. Are you ready to fire off at Floyd here, Nick? Let me tell you something. We want to go with the AKAs. You can call me Nick, AKA Le Champion, AKA Nikki Drake Spelt, AKA Mr. 24-7 Gotcho, as in got your ass, Floyd, because I've never lost to you in Dynasty ever. You've got a big goose egg. Oh, you're going to put that out there. Okay. So number 24-7 Gotcho is the name. Wow. This, this is wow. awesome. Uh, probably our uh, viewers from the uh, previous three episodes will be calling for me and Nick to be uh, drug tested um, right after the show. <laughs> They're definitely way too uh, on point here. And I'm delirious after a long week, so we're all good. <laughs> oh, wow. And rounding off the kahunas, I got a man who doesn't need any introduction for me because he will do his own introduction and have his own life sure more or less. I sure and, will, man. Listen, and the best part boy, about it, I did not yeah. have to pay Floyd to do this intro. How are we doing, Floyd? Hey, Mr. Mr. That Boy Floyd, a.k.a. Pretty Boy Floyd, a.k.a. Hurricane mm. Floyd. You heard these before, a.k.a. Mess with your boy Floyd, a.k.a. Nick, you going down, a.k.a. Ryan, you getting some too, a.k.a. Let's keep it going, baby. I love you guys, man. It's great to have you here for another show. And I cannot wait. We got a lot of hot topics today. I know everybody's been waiting to hear what we think. Probably not. But, hey, there's just a lot of stuff going on. So let's let's not wait. Let's get into it. Absolutely. Now, before we get onto these topics, I'm going to throw in 20 seconds here. I wanted to give some shout-outs to Vermont, Brazil, and the country of France. They have just tuned in into the uh big kahuna fantasy football podcast over this last week here so brazil in the house that That was the worst dom toretto impression i've ever (laughs) (laughs) this is brazil (laughs) (laughs) so i want to give a shout out to our people not within not within the usa uh much love to all and we appreciate the support so we're gonna go very heavy hitting here from top to bottom we're going to have to talk about uh, something that really um, shook us up um, as fans and also all the uh, brethren of the NFL and beyond. And that's the Dak Prescott um, ankle injury that occurred on Sunday. I'm sure all of you guys have seen it. I mean, there's so much that goes with this. Dak, who has gone through a very rough time, safe to say, over the past several months, whether it's been personal, whether it's been his uh, contract disputes with the Cowboys. Um, I want to give um, Nick and Floyd their chance to weigh in on this, but it's very unfortunate. Me as a Washington football team fan uh, for life, 
this this was really rough to watch because as much as I want to hate on the Cowboys, I mean, not like this and not not with a great person like Dak Prescott, who has uh, been a great person, model, uh, athlete um, on the field and off the field. I'll uh, turn this over to uh, Floyd first. Floyd, um, uh, your thoughts and then Nick. Easy. Man, the Cowboys, they're one of those teams, whenever you meet anybody in a barbershop, in a store, at work, you introduce anybody, hey, man, who's your football team? I'm a Cowboy fan. It's one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to love them or you're going to hate them. No matter what, you're still going to talk about them, man. And that's how the Cowboys have been. They're the most profitable franchise in sports in the world. And so they're always a topic of discussion. And, and, and I mean, it helps it goes, right? Um, we had a big talk with the contract with Dak Prescott. And we're, we were all joking about it, laughing at, oh, he wants $40 million. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's stupid for that, blah, 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 blah. Whatever the case may be, yeah, he denied 35, 33, whatever the final number was. In the end, these guys are human beings. These guys are trying to provide for their families. And we know how the NFL is run. It's not run. It's not controlled by the players at all. It's an ownership thing. So my man is just trying to get his money at the end of the day. So whether you love them, whether you hate them, the one thing we do not want to see is a quarterback that scrambles on the side, left side, on a normal play, trying to give him a Derrick Henry stiff arm. And all of a sudden he rolls his ankle, but it completely snapped. And I don't know if you guys know, the word is a compound fracture. I'm not sure if a lot of the people out there know what a compound fracture is. A compound fracture means that it poked through, it, the bone broke and it poked through the skin. Like it came all the way out. We, I remember, I think Tony Romo was calling the game. Correct me if, my, if I'm wrong. But when, as soon as he went down, the first thing he said was, yo, that's a cramp. It all looks like a cramp. Yeah, my man's foot was pointing in the opposite direction than what he was facing uh, immediately. And I'm, a, I'm not a Cowboy fan at all. Uh, I live in Texas, and all I got is Cowboy fans around me. So I'm just like, oh, my gosh, they won one game. So now they think they're going to win the ship, right? However, you don't want to see it. This is not something we want to see from any player. I'm one of those that will never wish injury on another player. You know, I'd rather beat you straight up, you know. So, very sad time. Dak was in math and tears. You knew this was really bad. There is light at the end of the tunnel, though, because I saw this with one of my players. Uh, Delaney Walker also had an, in an ankle injury. His was way more severe. He had a dislocated ankle, and he tore all the tendons in the ankle. From what I'm hearing, and if you guys know something different, then, you know, if there's been updates since the last thing I've heard is he's out four to six months. It was just it was just broken. It's just a break. Um, no tendons were torn, so he should be back in four to six months, which makes it sound good that he'll be ready for week one whenever, you know, they decide to do week one. But, yeah, it's something you hate to see. Uh, it's sad, man, like, especially with what he's gone through in his offseason with his brother and everything. He is a, like you said, like you said, Ryan, he is a player on and off the field. He's a, he's a stand-up guy. He plays the game the right way. You know, it just doesn't happen to be for a team that a lot of people don't like. But he plays the game the right way. And you just want to beat them straight up, man. You don't – you'd hate to see anything like this. I think the world – I think the whole 
NFL football fan stopped. And we, we all felt bad. We all like, yo, get better, Dak, man. Get better, Dak. Nick, what do you think, man? It's, um, it's an interesting thing. As an Eagles fan, I've never had any kind of situation where I have any kind of sympathy towards the Dallas Cowboys. And Sunday was different for me because it wasn't necessarily I felt bad for the Cowboys because I never feel bad for the Cowboys or their, I'll still say the trash bag Dallas Cowboy fans that they have. But mm-hmm. when it comes to Dak Prescott, I liked him in college. It made me mad that the Cowboys drafted him because I liked him. And seeing somebody go through something like that, it doesn't teams, fans, all that stuff goes out the window because you just don't want to ever see something like that happen to somebody. And you have all, especially with the contract situation where he's not guaranteed any money past this year. So people are going to question this might take a hit to his financial value with coming up. It's just, it's just such an awful, awful situation. I just, and it's, it's great because not great, but I like watching the Cowboys put up all these points and lose. Like Dak was having a phenomenal year this year, points wise and stats wise to help get him that money. And now that is potentially all in jeopardy because of this injury. It sucks. I still feel horrible about it. And I just hope he gets better. You know, moving forward, guys, the season, of course, still has to play. Life will go on without Dak. Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, taking over at the home for the Cowboys. Fantasy-wise, do you see a drop in any of the receivers for if you're a Cooper uh, C.D. Lamb, uh, Schultz, or or even Zeke. Uh, what do you see, up or down? Uh, Nick, you get first take. I think there, it's still an, a potent offense, and Andy Dalton is a uh, viable fantasy quarterback. It's in a system like that. I do think the receiving production will go down, but I think the production for Zeke is going to go up because any question they had before, whether it's Dak in charge or Zeke's in charge, Zeke is going to drive this bus for this team. And I think he's going to boost in production. But I also think uh, Dalton's going to hold his own with wide receiver. And the drop with the Lambs, the Coopers, or the Gallops will be minimal at best. I agree. I agree with that, too. Zeke's production is obviously going to go up. And and I, I was watching this game, and I think I was on with you, Nick, actually. And right after that, the next drive, Andy Dalton came in. And they were, you know, inside the 10 or whatever. And Zeke ran and scored it in. And, and I said something to you, Nick. I was like, dude, that's the hardest I've seen Zeke run since he's been paid. Mm-hmm. I was like, he, he ran with a purpose now. Now, what, be, what, what I'm scared of is because of that, you know, inspiration, you know, wanting to do it for your fellow brother and everything. Like, what I'm worried about is the injuries now. Because he is running with a purpose. He is running a little bit harder. He might not be as smart of a runner as he normally is. And he's one of the, the smartest runners out there. He knows try to avoid contact, kind of like Ward Dunn did. You know, avoid contact when possible to extend your career. So that's, that worries me a little bit. The other thing that I saw, too, with uh, Andy Dalton, I know everybody's like, oh, Andy Dalton's experienced quarterback. Or a lot of people, some people may not even feel that right about Andy Dalton. I like Andy Dalton. I do. I think he can do it for them. He He's going to be more of a game manager style as opposed to how before Dax was the one that went down the field and everything. I think that what's going to happen with the Cowboys is they're going to get back to what made them great. 
uh, made them better as a better team. They're going to run the ball. They're going to, you know, make plays when they need to. And I've said this a hundred times, man. Uh, Nick and Ryan both have heard me say this, and I don't know if I said this to you guys on the podcast before, but the best receiver on that team is Michael Gallup, and I don't even think it's close. I don't think it's two close. catches he made at the end of the game. Oh my gosh, dude! Oh my gosh! And if it wasn't for a flop in football by Jalen Ramsey, he would have had another one. You know what I mean? Like I think he's the best receiver. I think we're gonna get a chance to see this happen. I think CeeDee Lamb's gonna gonna come up a lot. So it's gonna be real interesting to see how this team rebounds and uses that to get stronger. The question is, if they do better now and they go on some eight-game winning streak right now or nine-game winning streak or go end up the season, I don't know, 11-5, and five, what's the talk going to be? Well, there's always going to be talk. It's, it, it, it shouldn't be a conversation because anybody who watches football can clearly see how much better Dak is than Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton can't play defense the last time I saw it too, and that defense is still really, really bad. So I, I can't imagine any situation or scenario where the Cowboys go 11-5 and five unless they played the team or the Giants or the Eagles more than twice a year. Right, I see that. I think this could probably seg into, you know, the future for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. I did also hear about the four to six month period to mend up. You know, that I think that's what was kind of made this Dak situation just so much more was not only Dak the person, but also about that about that uh, dispute with um, Dallas ownership. You guys probably um, fans already know that uh, Dak is on a franchise tag and he's making, uh, I believe, what, 30 mil plus, Nick? Is that is that the uh, price tag? 31 mil. 31? And you know what? I'll add this, too. Just a little, like, history lesson for you that Floyd might actually know really well. Floyd, do you remember the name Cody Carlson? Cody Carlson. Give me a hint. Oh, yes. I know who that yes, is. He oh, was Cody man. Carlson when, when the Houston Oilers had Warren Moon as their quarterback, and he went down because of injury. Cody oh, Carlson came know that. in. What? Yeah, I do not know that. Yeah, Cody Carlson came in out of injury and led the Houston Oilers to the playoffs. And everybody that's what everybody was talking about, Cody Carlson. And they ended up shipping Warren Moon off to Minnesota because they thought Cody Carlson was the answer. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Now I do remember that. Do you know how many years after they traded Warren Moon in his prime, how many years Cody Carlson was the quarterback? How many, Nick? One. He retired the following year because he was, like, in his mid to early mid-30s. You know how many more years Warren Moon played? Many. Nine more years and went to yep. three Pro Bowls. Yep. That, so tread lightly, Dallas. Unreal. So wow. tread lightly, Dallas. Yeah. Yes, be, be careful, man. Uh, but one thing, too, Warren Moon was kind of in his early 30s, going to mid-30s at that time. He was at Houston still yet, and it's just amazing that – that, um, you know, that's a testament to Warren Moon, of course, going towards age 40 and still slinging the rock that like, like he did. I mean, a deserving Hall of Famer north of the border and in the U.S. for sure. We're definitely going to talk talk more about uh, Dak Prescott, um, you know, throughout the season, especially I think the Dak uh, topic will be coming up and kind of what, what how you're saying, um, uh, Nick and Floyd, with how Andy Dalton does it always will 
posed a question about Dak's future, and I'm sure a lot of the pundits are going to bring that up just to fill their airtime. We may do so ourselves here on this podcast, you know, over the upcoming uh, weeks and months. It's interesting yeah. though, too, because watching how that, like, watching how the whole offseason played out, too. Do you have any confidence that Jerry Jones thinks that Dak Prescott is his quarterback moving forward? Because I he's think, paid, ooh. he's paid every single one of his guys except for Dak. Correct. And he is very hesitant to give Dak what his due is. Uh, oh, do we have our first conspiracy theory here? Do we think that this is an out for Jerry Jones? Well, I don't think he didn't plan the injury, but I don't think. No, I'm not. No, not planning. But this might be an out for him now. Like, okay, I don't have to pay you this much. You're gonna take this lesser money now because we're now worried about you. I wouldn't say to voice in favor of Dak in that sense, but it it seems to me clear as day, conspiracy theory or not, that 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 wasn't out, and that's why I think it's um, so newsworthy, in my opinion, about you know even Andy Dalton's success and how that's gonna play into the. Dak Prescott thing, and then I'm glad Nick brought up that Cody Carlson story because that is a yeah. really good comparison. That's a good one, man. Thanks, man. Guess what? Where did it happen? Where did it happen? In Texas. In, in Texas. Texas, where they love their in football Texas. and they love. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, uh, now I want to finish off with this story by saying, listen, I'm a Tennessee Titan fan. I am not a. I was not a Houston Oiler fan, so I didn't follow the team. I was born in Tennessee, so I'm a Tennessee fan. That is why. But I understand the roots and where they came from. You have uh, Ryan, who is a Washington football team fan in that division, sees them twice a year, nonstop, always a nemesis every single year. You also have my boy over here, Nick, who is an Eagle fan, who is also a nemesis of the Cowboys. Please let it be known, this is not something that we wanted to see. And as and from the Big Kahuna Comp, uh, podcast, I can easily say, Dax, get better. We're rooting for you, man. Come yep. back. We want to see you 100. play some more. Yep. Definitely. 100%. The Cowboys aren't the Cowboys unless they're their best. And Dak Prescott is clearly the guy that puts them at their best. Exactly. All right, guys. So next on the list here is what could be – Maybe the dominoes falling a little bit. Well, we'll talk about that with uh, as far as the coaches in the NFL. First was Bill O'Brien, then Dan Quinn. Two of those coaches, not a surprise. No one should be shocked by that. Um, their results speak for themselves. Now, we have some other coaches that probably going to be on that chopping block we want to see or argue about. Who is next? I'm going to flip this on to Floyd here. Floyd, you got a list for us to parse through what you have all right well before i go into that the one thing i do want to say is talking about the atlanta falcons coach and it wasn't the and correct me if i'm wrong was it the atlanta falcons coach and gm that's gone mm-hmm. is that right yes that's it was correct. yeah GM. listen those guys should have been gone i've been a, a julio jones owner for easily the last part of seven years in every fantasy league and i know every fantasy owner and I'm talking to you guys specifically because I, y'all feel me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Why won't Matt Ryan throw to Julio Jones in the end zone? We don't understand. Leads the league in yardage every year, almost, and has like three touchdowns for the entire year. Yes, he should have been gone. Yes, we have seen a crazy amount of scores this 
it's been it's 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 comical. It's it's like something you can't believe. I could tell somebody this story in a barber shop on the side of the street at the water cooler and be like, "Can you believe there's this team out there that is always winning the game and somehow finds a way to lose it?" Listen, the state of Georgia. <laughs> I, I have a lot of friends from the state of Georgia, and they are Falcons fans, Georgia Bulldogs fans, uh, Braves fans, all of them. And they are perennial losers, perennial losers. This, they just cannot win it. We're not even going to bring up the 28 to three. I think I just did. But yeah, they got to go. On another note, let's go back to the coaches that are on next. We've seen a lot of coaches fired that should have been gone a long time ago. And I think it started with the Bill O'Brien. We have the Falcons being gone, the Falcons coach and GM being gone. The next guy on the list, by far, number one in the power rankings of firing of coaches, has got to be Adam Gase. Got to be Adam Gase, dude. This guy used to coach in Miami, and he was a complete failure. He had Tannehill as his coach. I mean, as his quarterback, and could not bring anything out of him. He Somehow this guy got another job in New York when he was hired. I remember watching other sports affiliate shows, and they were asking, how did this guy get a job? How did this guy get a job? Nick, please tell me, do you think there's anybody even close to Adam Gase being fired next? Mid-season. It is very interesting to me how whichever team he lands on as a head coach, it is almost like a cancer in each of these organizations. Take Miami. You just mentioned Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill looked like a bust coming out with Adam Gase offense. He goes to Tennessee, serves his time, replaces Marcus Meredith. He goes on to have an insane year. Uh, Another one, Kenyon Drake, Lamar Miller. These other players that he had under his system that weren't – Getting the play they were. Lamar Miller might not be in the league now, but he had several good years in Houston. Kenyon mm-hmm. Drake, now in Arizona, looks like he could be the back, minus a little injury. Here's another one for you Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker looked like a huge bust under Adam Gase. And now he, he, he's, he's the bust turned uh, sleeper pick, turned, oh, wow, he's a top 10 fantasy wide receiver now because of him. Now you go to the yep. Jets. You have all these in, inner problems he had in Miami that got him out. He literally left Miami with no time and got a job with the Jets. How, what the Jets saw in him from what happened in Miami and how he tore that team down and said, let's have some more. Now you see him in, in the Jets. And now in two years, Jamal Adams has walked. Le'Veon, they signed Le'Veon Bell, which at the point of time, Adam Gase said he didn't even want him. So why are they giving Le'Veon Bell all this money? to go into a team that Adam Gase doesn't want him on. So that was a recipe for disaster. This whole – the Jets organization needs to be stripped from top to bottom because what right. they have done to bring Adam Gase in there is more damning than any player that they have on their roster. Anybody wants to call Sam Darnold to the carpet for being a bust, get Adam Gase out of there and see what they can do with Sam Darnold there. And if not, watch him go somewhere else and shine like Tannehill's doing because this exactly. guy clearly can't manage a team as a head coach. Maybe as an offensive coordinator, he was great with the Broncos, but he can't handle himself as a head coach. He is a nightmare. He is straight trash. 
Nick, let me please jump in and tell you how Tannehill acted after he left Adam Gase and went to the Titans. And yeah, my boys were on some other stuff. We were trying to give the 808 uh, Mr. Marcus Mariota as much chance as possible. Mm-hmm. But let me throw these stats at you. I know you're the stat boy of the crew. But let me throw these, t- these stats at you. Since Ryan Tannehill has become a starter at Tennessee, that's the last 14 starts, I'm going to compare Ryan Tannehill to Patrick Mahomes. Now listen to these numbers very carefully. Records for both of them, which is the most important one, right? Both of them, 11-3 and as a starter. Mahomes, last 14 starts, and Tannehill, 11-3. and Passing yardage. Tannehill, 36.02. Mahomes, 36.74. So he got him by like 72 yards on passing, right? Touchdowns. Tannehill, 31. Your boy Patrick, the half Billy man, 28. Interceptions, tied at six. The quarterback rating, Tannehill, 116.7. The half a Billy man, 102.3. Adam Gates needs to go. You had somebody that was good. Obviously, he was good enough in Miami to where he was able to get a contract from them, but he had some injuries and some issues. You let him go. You let him go. The other thing you can look at, too, with Adam Gates in Miami, look what Brian Flores has done with that team in one year after Gates is gone. Well, not now yeah. one-plus years. They ha- they are one of the best outlooks for any team coming up now with the yeah. kind of picks they They're have. They're doing things the, the right way. Talent. Yes. It's They're doing maddening. things the right way, dude. It's maddening. It's Yeah, they're doing things the right way. I don't I mean, know. Guys, guys, that's a great point. And you guys are talking about from top to bottom. You know what I mean? It's not only the coach, but the GM and also the owner. The GM needs to go for the Jets, too. Like, that, that the, is inexcusable. Yeah. And the owner, if, you know, there's a scenario for that, I, I know that's. Hey, Ryan, did you say the is. Jets or the Knicks? I can't. I'm getting confused. They are. They are. Good one. I can't remember which one you're talking about. <laughs> Sorry, I walked away for a second and came back. I, can't, I didn't know which, which organization you were talking about. Ah, uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the um, worst uh, things that you can get as a leader or one of the worst endorsements is when people that are working under you or who are trying to follow you as a leader says that, you know, you you run away from conflict. You're not a problem solver. You don't back up your people. I mean, you know, X's and O's aside, as a leader in in his position, Adam Gase that 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 is, I mean you you can't find you know more damning um, endorsements than that, and no surprise that you have Le'Veon and and uh, Jamal Adams and so forth um, leaving New York. Um, you know he yeah definitely he has to go. No uh, no doubt about that. Yeah. But who are some of the other coaches? All right, Adam Gase, by far and away, in our opinion, is number one to go. Right. Who's number two? So the second coach that is on the list, and I think we can all agree on this, is none other than Detroit Lion head coach Matt Patricia. Compared to Gase, and Gase is overwhelmingly number one on that chopping block, but Matt Patricia, I think he's a solid number two. 
uh, Nick, well, what's your take on, on Patricia and the Lions and their issues? Matt Patricia is just as much of a universal failure of a head coach as Adam Gase has been. Take a look at just what Adam, uh, what do you call it? Matt Patricia has done in three seasons. His first year, he won six games. Last year, he won three games. This year, he's one and three. Over the course of the last six games, they set an NFL record for the most blown two touchdown leads at any given point of a game. Not the Falcons. Wow. Not the Falcons. Whoa. Wow. Just as bad. Over the, over the course of the last two years, he's, the Lions have blown more 14-point leads than anybody. In a little over two years now, he's won 10 games. And if you want to look at comparison, the coach that preceded him, Jim Caldwell, he won 11 games, made the playoffs twice. In four years, he won 11, 7, 9, and 9. He went 36 games in four years with the Lions, took them to two playoff games. They never won the division, but they, didn't finish, they never finished last in the division. They have finished dead last in the division every single time with Matt Patricia as a head coach, and they're only getting worse. There's mm. nothing to be excited about if you're a Lions fan right now. It is embarrassing how bad he is. And I would go as far as to say Matt Patricia is the worst head coach to come out of the already tainted Bill Belichick coaching team. <laughs> I was about to touch that. Yeah. I was I would, definitely yeah. about the to worst. touch that. He's the Belichick. worst. Let's talk about you, that a little bit more because you guys are talking about Brian Flores who came from the Belichick system and look where Miami is at. You know, they're ascending. There's a lot of positive outlook for them in the future. Now, Patricia, where did it go wrong? Where did it go wrong? Not even, not even them, right? How about my boys, the Titans? Vrabel. That's right. Yeah, got to add Vrabel. Exactly. Yeah, where did it go wrong with Patricia? I don't understand. I know, I know there's a lot of fantasy owners out there that drafted DeAndre Swift in, you know, high rounds, thinking he was going to do something. Have we oh, seen I know DeAndre that all Swift? Too well. I he know dropped that pass in week one. Yeah. But no, what the yeah. thing, the thing, what I like to say, too, uh, is just you want to talk about consistency. And you look at that track record I gave you for Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell won as many games in one season on average that Matt Patricia has now won in th- almost two and a half years total. Wow. For the Lions. And they wanted to fire Jim Caldwell for being average and not getting over the hump and making it to the second round. What has Matt Patricia done? Based off of those same standards, it took Jim Caldwell, it took him four years to fire Jim Caldwell when he averages nine wins a season for them. This guy is averaging three. Why aren't we talking about getting him out of here? Yeah. Why is why is Jim Caldwell held to a higher standard than Matt Patricia? Well, because there's an Adam Gase out there. Mm-hmm. In our conversation specifically, there's an Adam Gase out there. One thing we forgot to mention on is Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, mm-hmm. who was perennially the number one overall fantasy player drafted for at least a couple of years, or easily top four, easily top four. And he right. did nothing with that team, even though he did play. He did nothing with that team. 17 and now games and four touchdowns. Yes. Yeah. Such he a disappointment, was, man. He was supposed to be better than your Matt Forte and Bilal Powell, but Bilal Powell right. did better than Le'Veon Bell. What's up oh, with that? Oh, wow. Wow. That, That's unbelievable. All right, so now we got these two guys down. Who are our honorable mentions? There's got to be a couple of other guys that are, would be on the hot seat. 
I know my boy Nick is not going to want to hear this, but I'm telling you right now, you won the Super Bowl, what, two, three years ago? Two years, years. ago? Three. Three years ago. Doug Peterson's part of this conversation? Yes. What has happened for, to, to Philly since that Super Bowl? Wow. Aside, I mean, aside, hold on, aside from getting rid of Nick, Nick Foles. I mean, I'll say this. I do think that Doug, it's worthy conversation for Doug Peterson to be on the hot seat. But unlike Patricia and Gase, I don't think there's a chance in hell that he's fired midseason. There's no way you fire him now. And that fi- that is less eminent than what's happening here. The other I thing agree. You remember, the other thing you have to yeah. announce, you know, recognize, too, is that we play in a terrible division. And we haven't even gotten into those divisional games yet. We played the team week one, which was a disaster of a loss. But when you look at the teams we've lost to so far, we've lost to the Steelers. We play the Ravens this week. We lost to the Rams, who look really good. Um, but the, his offensive play calling has been very suspect. When he, The play calling he was running in the Bengals game, especially in overtime, was very conservative as if he was playing for the tie as opposed to playing for the win. Whether or not that's him not having confidence in his quarterback is another question for another day. But mm-hmm. that was suspect. And then you watch us playing against the Steelers, who have one of the arguably the number one defense in the league. Miles Sanders playing inspired in his hometown, scores on a 78-yard touchdown run. After he scores that touchdown, he gets six carries the rest of the game. It wasn't like we were being blown out. The fact that their inability to stick with the run has been a consistent foil for Doug Peterson. And that's not Do just you- saying about having a singular running back. They refuse to run the ball in key situations. And that was their problem before with Carson Wentz. That was their problem last year with Carson yeah. Wentz. And yep. it's their problem now. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you think that, that, that that's the problem? That They're you guys asking, are trying to make Carson Wentz into the next Tom Brady, the next Peyton Manning. Because when he went out, before Nick Foles came in and shined, he was an MVP candidate. Are they trying to get... Are we had the number to... one rushing offense in the league at that point when he went out. Yeah, yeah. That's why. And yeah. we didn't have a star. We had three running backs, and those three running backs combined gave us the number one rushing offense. And that ability was able to help us pass. And they have seen – But the reason why I bring that – the reason why I bring Doug Peterson up is because we know – we understand. We know – everybody knows what the word Super Bowl hangover is, right? It's happened. The Steelers were the only team to ever – win a Super Bowl and not make the playoffs the next year. I think they did it twice, actually. But y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's in the conversation, man. It's, it's got to be in the conversation. The other thing, too, is you can't really with call this it a division, Super Bowl hold on, hangover. Hold on. With, with, with this division, the way that it is right now, you have arguably the most talented team on paper without their star quarterback, hammered on defense and injuries also, not – obviously not full strength you have the giants who have arguably lost the best running back in football again for an extended period of time and then you have the washington football team who are rebuilding they're rebuilding we know what they're doing they're rebuilding shout outs right now real quick to alex smith i don't know if you guys got that i know ryan did but dude i was in goosebumps when i saw him complete his pass and they shot the camera to his wife and his yep. kids. And the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah sure. That was it was unfortunate. He just happened to be going against Aaron Donald at the time. 
but that was a big statement for him. And not only that, he carried Aaron Donald on his back. You see Aaron Donald <laughs> on the sidelines say that guy's yes. leg is strong. Yeah, 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 that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, wh- so whoever um, sent me that tweet, man, appreciate that, man. That was, yeah, man, we that will. Was really we will, cool. man. That was, that was inspirational because this man almost died, dude, from a football injury. Yeah. But anyway, the back to the point that I'm trying to say is you have these three teams that are going through major internal issues. We have a team that won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah, I know you guys are looking in the stands for your receivers, but you still were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. You still have your best player in Zach Ertz. You still have one of the most promising running backs in Miles Sanders. You still had an MVP candidate three years, two, two, three years ago. That was a, a guy that was an MVP candidate. They're still on the field. And you guys aren't yeah. walking away with that division. It's, it's uh, really, Time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell to see what will happen by the end of the year. Yes, yeah, early. But your boy's got to be on the hot seat. It, I agree. But here's the thing. Is you can't fire in midseason. And it's, it's to call it a Super Bowl hangover three years later, especially when you're the one that won it, the Super Bowl hangover is for the teams that lose. There's not really a Super Bowl hangover for the teams that win. What did you do the year after he – We won the divi- we won and went to the playoffs and won a playoff game against the Bears and we're now Sean Did you Jeffrey. win it with the guy that was leading the team now? No, because he got hurt. But what no, where is, is – No, where, it, where is the guy that led you Foles? to that success? He's in Chicago. But Who what I'm saying – What's their record? For, he's only played two games. What's his, what's one, their one game and change. One game and change. But, what, but what's their record? They're four and one, but they also won two okay. games with Mitch Trubisky. So the other thing, too, you want to talk about the Eagles roster? There's 14 players left of that 52-man roster from the Super Bowl three years ago, and half of those players aren't even playing right now. So True. But you're, you're of, a, a, are you in a division with Tom Brady? No. No. Are you in a division with Patrick Mahomes? No, that I, are you I in the division? Are you in a division with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills? I understand what you're up. saying, but that has are you no in a division bearing. with Russell Wilson? No, I, you're not listening to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is these are all outstanding situations that play into what's going on right now, but that that does not absolve what at what's going on with the team. It explains what's going on with the Eagles. It may not excuse it though. Eventually. But even if the Eagles go one thirteen and eleven and one this year, they're not going to fire Doug Peterson in the season. He's won a Super Bowl. He's earned the point of time where he's going. If they fire him, it would be after the season, and it's way too early. We still have five divisional games left against those teams that you just described. And all right, so let me ask you. Right. So let me ask you this question, then Nick, and I want you to honestly answer honestly as a biased Philly fan, which I understand what I'm asking you. If you guys at the end of this year do not win your division and better yet, don't even make the playoffs, which probably the no. second place team in that division is not going to make the playoffs. Make the, playoffs. Right? the first place right, team right. shouldn't. Right. right, right, right. We understand that right now. But if you guys do not make the playoffs this year, is Doug Peterson going to be your coach in 2021? I think it might be 50-50. But here's the other thing, too. Okay. With okay. The, I'll take like, that. I'll while take that. Doug Peterson is 
an interesting choice right now and potentially on the hot seat where he has made questionable decisions. I think those problems fall at the feet of the GM, Howie Roseman, before they fall at the feet of Doug Peterson. Because if you look at the players that they've put around them, it's made it very difficult for success as well. For example, what has been the biggest hiccup for Carson Wentz over the course of the last three years since they won the Super Bowl? Why can't we get a receiver? Why can't they get a receiver? We always draft the small wide receivers, the small fast receivers. I'll take you back Mm. two years ago, not even last draft, two years ago in the second round. DK Metcalf is on the board. Every Mm. Eagles fan and their mother is just salivating at the chance of getting a big, strong wide receiver because we Mm. haven't had one of those since Terrell Owens. Mm. We pass Mm. on DK Metcalf, and you know who we take? Mm-hmm. J.J. Arcega Whiteside, who is also a wide receiver. <laughs> I was waiting but, for that. But hold, he, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because there's other ones there. Let's just use the people in this podcast right now. Uh, I have a guy there who also came from the same school as D.K. Metcalf, and I can tell you right now, A.J. Brown wasn't a first-round pick. No, but he A.J. Plays Brown like was him. also there. A.J. Brown right. was Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's keep going. Ryan from the Washington football team. Has another receiver. Uh, they call him Scary Terry, by the way. When was Scary Terry drafted? Third round. Mm-hmm. They were round three. Yeah. Scary you Terry was take- around round three. Now, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to uh, cut off the argument over there. Um, but I feel, you know, talking about away from the receivers, I think as, as it is a lot of times with head coach, their feet usually gets tied in with the quarterback. And how they right. deal with Carson Wentz will will dictate how soon uh, Peterson will get out, which uh, for 98% will not be this season, I, I feel. But going into maybe 2022, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I do agree, Nick, about the GM. You know, surrounding- There's more. There's more. It's not I didn't think about the GM. Metcalf. It's not just DK Metcalf. Fast oh, please forward enlighten us. To this year. 2020 draft. Okay, we had all of the wide receivers off the practice squad last year. So it says, okay, we we miffed on the JJR thing. I even got a call for the Eagles to come play wide receiver for them. And DK and that's Met- Achilles we're gonna year. we're gonna we're gonna forget about last year and missing on all these great wide receivers. New year. Okay. We gotta we, we gotta move up on the draft because there's plenty of wide receivers in this year's draft. So what do we do this year? We see what arguably the best wide receiver talent in the draft falling. Agree. Agree. Falling. Agree. So, as any Eagles fan is sitting there, we're going, trade up. Go get them. This is what we need. Apparently, what had happened was the Falcons picked 16th, I believe. I think it was 16th. The Eagles were negotiating to move up from 21 or 22 to 16. And what the Atlanta Falcons wanted was our second-round pick. They wanted to swap picks and move back to the second round. And the okay. Eagles refused to do that. So instead of drafting CeeDee Lamb, Ooh. Dallas Cowboys pick CeeDee Lamb 17th because Atlanta goes and picks their cornerback because they address their need. Which and they that boy probably, is coming into yeah, his own. CeeDee Lamb is playing the best football out of any wide receiver rookie this year. Ooh, now, time out. Hold on, hold arguable. on. Arguable. Wait. Arguable. Wait. Arguable. Wait. Let me finish this. So instead of drafting the best premier wide receiver talent and letting him go to your arch rival, 
We then at number 21 have another wide receiver on the board. It's like, okay, we passed on CeeDee Lamb. Justin Jefferson is still there from LSU. Another okay. big body wide receiver. Who I think is playing better than CeeDee Lamb, but okay. Once we get to that pick, what do we do again? We draft another undersized, speedy slot wide receiver, Jalen Rieger. Basically taking another J.J. Ortega Whiteside. So two years in a row, we take this small, speedy wide receivers. We forego on the big body wide receivers to go up and get the catch. Oh, and the next thing, the pick we were refusing to give up to Atlanta to go get the receiver that Carson Wentz needs, you draft a quarterback. You draft a quarterback. Yep. It sounds like you don't believe in the one you got, right? Yeah. It's a colossal group of errors. And while Doug Peterson shares the blame. Hold on, two-time champion quarterback in college, right? Yeah. But yeah. still, we're not debating Jalen Hurts' merits as a quarterback. We're debating the decision-making on the Eagles because I understand you might want a backup quarterback with what's been going on there. But to use your second-round pick when you clearly need wide receiver help, and you refuse to go get the guy to help out your guy that you just gave all this money to, to go draft somebody to stand in his shadow. It's very, very messy. It's messy. Mm. And that has nothing to do with Jalen Hurts because I think Jalen Hurts is a tremendous quarterback in college and he will be in the pros, whether it's with us or with whoever else, but it's just a mismanagement and a collection of bungled attempts by our ability to draft a wide receiver because we have never drafted a wide receiver other than Deshaun Jackson in my lifetime. That was worth the pick that they were there for. Mm. That's just my bet. I agree. I mean, the wow. Justin Jefferson pick Floyd that you brought up is intriguing just because he's that big body receiver. And there were, I guess Judy is kind of a big body, uh, you know, a bigger, I mean, there's so know, many taller you know Judy, body receiver. Harry uh, Ruggs just came back from injury and you saw what he just did, which will be discussed later. So, but he's a speedy wide receiver. He's the he, he's he's the rich man. There ain't no but though. No, and, and this isn't like a your argument. Is you this is who you drafted, and look what else is out there. Well, G- Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy were both picked before C.D. Lamb went off the board at sixteen. Right, you're right, right. All right, so C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Okay, C.D. Lamb was there, and we refused to make the trade. Well, what about Judy Justin and- Jefferson? Both Jefferson was still there at 21 after we missed the trade before we picked. Right. Can we talk about Chase Claypool? Chase Claypool's another one. Brandon Ayuk. If you want another fast wide receiver, look at Hold him on. too. Can we talk about the Colorado receiver, Lavisca Chenault? There's another one. It's yeah. it's 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 rule, out there. Rule yeah. of thumb. Rule of thumb. Hold on. And, and, I mean, we can go lower level and we can do some T Higgins stats and some other stuff, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. not, you know what? And you know what, to, Nick? You you sold me. Maybe your GM need to be looked at. Yeah, but but, here's the, but here's, you're not going to tell me a GM and a coach aren't talking. No, exactly. But here's the other thing too. But there's also rumored friction between the coach and the GM though too. That's been oh. going around now too. But that's the story for another day. But you also got to say I don't want to discredit Jalen Rager because we still don't really know what we have with Jalen Rager because he's been hurt. Surprise, right. and that's another yep. thing that. I, that's the other thing you got to look at with the Eagles. I too. think what needs to be fired in the Philadelphia organization is your strength and conditioning coach. Thank you. That's what I've been saying <laughs> since last year. Our the medical doctor. team, the conditioners, and the yeah. trainers. I think because- I think the same guy that works for you works for the Chargers and fucking is the one that stuck uh, 
Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Oh, Taylor. It's just, I think he can pull double duty, dude. I think he pulls double duty. Yeah. But like, so I, I know said, we were saying honorable mentions, and I, was, I know we've been on the Philly thing for the for a while. But who's the other coach that would be battling? We've already got Gase. We got Patricia, and our honorable mentions was uh, Doug Peterson, and yeah. who was the other one? Okay, Mike get Zimmer. get the get this. Yeah, Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, who has a record that is worse than than Matt Patricia right now, believe it or not. Last place in the basement in the NFC North. He Only needs to be a, they had a, a under consideration. That's wow. true, yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. It, again, we're talking about a team that has supreme talent, but they're still one and four. Now, oh, Green, Bay, Green, Green Bay has been slaughtering everyone, no doubt about it. Chicago is a pretty, I don't know, huh, lukewarm four and one. And then we talked about Detroit. Now there's Minnesota. Now without Dalvin Cook, at least for a week. So what what happened up in Minnesota there? You know, what I mean Zimmer, who's a defensive coach, for sure. Uh, but their defense talking is trash. Bottom five defense at least, uh, fantasy wise, and probably by NFL um, indicators. So and they had just got fixed up the pass rush by trading all those picks for Yannick Ngakwe from the exactly. Jaguars. So it's yeah. like. They have no pass rush. Like, look at when the Titans just played them a couple weeks ago. Tannehill was back there just taking a break, having a smoke. We, we escaped oh. that game. I'm not even going to lie that. <laughs> we escaped for that game because they ran right down our throats. That team is a running team. Madison Cook, super strong running backs. They have a blessing there. Cousins, I think, is a bigger problem than a lot of people mm-hmm. realize. Um but in that defense, I think that defense is a product of how poorly it is when they have to rely on uh, Kirk Cousins. Because we have used and we have picked, I think I could probably safely say, and correct me if I'm wrong, we have all thought of Minnesota's defense as being tough in the past four or five years. So I drafted him in one fantasy league and. Exactly. It worked out that well. Minnesota defense, you know what I mean? Just because you just don't score a lot against them. But they are a running team. I think, man, I think the argument for Mike Zimmer is way less than Doug Peterson, even though I know your boy got the Super Bowl. Just because of what they're able to do. Like, if they've won the division in the last mm. two years. You know what I mean? Like, they, they've done things. They're, they're moving. It, NFL stands for what? Not, Not for, for long. long. No one okay. cares about what you did three years ago. Exactly. And if Zimmer loses to the Falcons, then we know what's up. He's going to be moving a lot closer to Matt Patricia than we think. Uh, on, on I agree. But you also got to look at this, too. He allowed – like, they had the game in hand against Seattle, in Seattle on Sunday Night Football. And you can talk yes. about Russell Wilson bringing them back and everything. But if you want to talk about the game management in the fourth quarter – Oh yes, too. They they they, you know, they, you know that that they had it right there that in the palm of their hand, and they let them off the, me of the Butch, Yeah, that reminds me of the Butch Jones era in Tennessee. The Volunteer fan. Yeah, great recruiting class, amazing talent. Alvin Kamara, Derek Barnett, amazing players on our on our squad. We were he was a terrible game coach. Great recruiter, terrible game coach. Minnesota has great talent, terrible game coach. That's what we see. So if they lose to Atlanta this week, yeah, he's got to move up. But I don't think he's going he's to be under more fire 
than the guys we just mentioned. Mm. I don't think I, I don't think he's gonna be under more I'll, fire. I'd like to revisit this if if they will. Lose, we, for will. Sure. we will. We will we will definitely, definitely revisit this. Yeah, this is obviously a hot topic, and just because things got popped off with the Bill O'Brien and the Dan Quinn. I mean, don't so, forget, don't forget the Vikings shut out Russell Wilson and the Seahawks 13-0 at halftime, and Seattle came out and blitzed them for 21 to start the second half. Sounds great, Nick, but don't forget that the Vikings are the Saints' daddy. They are their daddy. They can't the play the Saints every week, though. Eh, you know, in the playoffs, they can. Well, they what happened when them. they didn't play them? Yeah, but, you, but let's not act like they didn't perform against a favorable Super Bowl team per Vegas odds. Well, if there's anything you can learn they about the New them. Orleans Saints over the last three years is they will find a way to lose in the playoffs regardless of To the Vikings. To well, the they, also, Vikings. they also lost to the Rams. That was a while ago. Man. You know, I, I think that any was Saints- in between. That was in between the two. Saints fans, for all that heartbreak against the Vikings, the last two times they met up, they will take that Tracy Porter interception, uh, Brett Favre, that, you know, that NFC championship any day, uh, mm-hmm. which resulted into a Super Bowl. So, yep. I don't know, give and take yeah. with that. But yeah. as long, yeah. as, long yeah. as Matt Zimmer is down with Matt Patricia in the standings, <laughs> boy, I, 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 I don't I, – I see Zimmer past Peterson in this argument. I'm sorry. Whoa! Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. To be continued. Absolutely. And we'll say this too. We'll say this too. The Eagles play the Ravens this week. The Vikings play win. the Falcons. Better win. So if both, both teams, teams better win. If both teams lose, I still think Zimmer looks worse coming out of this than Doug does. No question. No question. I'm, I agree. I can agree with that. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles are only a half game away from uh, taking the division. <laughs> yeah, don't forget we were in first place last week. Oh, God. So sad. So sad. It is sad. All right. Sad tournament. NFC least in the house. Hashtag that. <laughs> Arguably, probably the best game out of Man. NFL's week five, and that yeah. was the Raiders defeating the Chiefs. Again, this is the Chiefs that have done 28-2 and against the AFC West. And the Las Vegas Raiders did their business, defeated the defending Super Bowl champions, Raiders. We talked about this. Our um, guest, uh, B. Ford, called this game here. I want you guys mm-hmm. to weigh in on this. The Raiders did, did their thing, especially on offense. Their offense is for real. I'm tired of hearing people saying, oh, 2002 offense. How's that going to apply to 2020? No, we saw the proof in the pudding. Raiders over Chiefs. We'll uh, take this over to Floyd. All right. Al Davis, just win, baby. The Raiders have a, have a history of drafting the fastest guy in the league, in the draft, every single time. It may, we may have got a glimpse that it might finally pay off. Henry Ruggs has been out injured for the last couple of weeks, and he came back. And he was doing to the Chiefs what we see the Chiefs do to every single body else in the league. He was burning them by a mile. Another problem with the Chiefs, which I have mentioned earlier on this podcast when we first talked about CEH, how he might be the runaway rookie of the year. Me and Nick both said that. Or is there a question? I think that's how Nick, that's how Nick uh, 
uh, uh, uh, puts it out there or whatever. Yes, there is a question. CEH, their biggest problem, the Chiefs, is running. I'm a CEH owner. I'm a big fan of him. I think he's going to be great. However, he's still a rookie. The number one thing with rookie running backs, yeah, they may be great talent-wise, running between tackles, busting to the outside, breaking tackles. But you want to know the one thing that keeps a rookie running back off the field? Pass blocking. Pass blocking. If you can't pass block, yeah, you're out the league. You're out. You're out, man. You're not gonna play. You're you're gonna bring in a guy like a Peyton Barber or some other people, right? Because you're not putting in there. Let me give you some stats on Ceh real quick. And this is from David Richard from Ask FFT. Pass blocking really wasn't given much of a chance. Just eight pass block reps this season. The Chiefs just made a major move right now, and they decided to go get Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, that was the biggest talk this week as one of the reasons why we pushed our podcast down because we knew there's going to be some uh, bigger things going. We know Le'Veon Bell can pass block. We saw what he's done in Pittsburgh. Uh, we're not going to go back into the Jets and Adam Gase system again. But, you know, Le'Veon Bell stepping in there, that's one thing that was never an issue with them. Another thing that we saw with the Chiefs that I've mentioned before when we when I watched him on his first game was he's not able to get short yardage. He is not that banger back. He's not going to be able to do that. Here's some more stats for you. In short yardage, CEH, this year, when it was the down to go with three yards or less, so that's saying second and one, third and one, third and two, third and three, his conversion rate was five of 14. That's a 36% success rate. That's not going to get it in the NFL. Even more. Goal line. Let's go goal line. Three yards are shorter to the goal line. So first and goal from the three, second and goal from the three, third and goal from the three are shorter. First and goal from the one. Zero for seven. I noticed that the first time I saw it. Y'all heard this on the podcast before. That is a problem. I had a feeling they were going to go get somebody else because that is the thing. Those are the little things in football that will win a football game for you. Look at it last year with the Tennessee Titans against the Baltimore Ravens in the playoff game. They they made a living off of going for it on fourth and short. My Titans shut them down every single time they went for it on fourth down. They lost that playoff game. I don't want to take anything away from the Ravens. I mean, from the Raiders because they did show their butts out, and a lot of people talk about Derek Carr's noodle arm, but that guy bald man. He's got his guy back. We'll see how long it lasts. You know, injuries, obviously, everything that goes on with the league and everything like that. But the Raiders look like a formidable team. They could give them these guys a run in the AFC West. Nick, what do you, what do you think? I mean, you're talking a lot about the Chiefs losing the game, which I agree to a point. But at the same point, you gotta. I want to give the Raiders a lot more credit. I said from uh, week two going on, too, when, when they beat the Saints – that the NFL is better when the Raiders are good, and the Raiders are officially bad. True. This is such a fun team to watch right now. And yes. you talked about Derek Carr's noodle arm. It wasn't necessarily a noodle arm as he didn't have anyone to throw to the last few years. Like, you saw that pass he aired out to uh, Henry Ruggs. He's got a guy that can go run and catch it. I mean, mm-hmm. now, I talk about the Eagles and our wide receiver drafting. Nelson Aguilar looks like he can catch now. Wow. 
Nelson Aguilar can wow. And what if I look back to what I said last week about this game is the Raiders need to run the ball against this. And they ran the ball 35 times against the Chiefs in this game. Even when the game was close or when they were up, they were running the ball to keep that clock running. Now, you also look at the possession time. They had over 35 minutes of offense, 11 minutes more than the Chiefs. And they have, since John Gruden's came back, they have actually played the Chiefs really tough. Going back to last year, the last time they played in uh, Arrowhead, the Raiders outplayed the Chiefs for three quarters of that game. The only difference was the Chiefs had one quarter where they scored 28 points, and that was the difference. That's how the Chiefs won last year. This year, in this game on Sunday, the Chiefs had that same quarter where they scored 17 points in the second, but the Raiders outscored them 21 in the same quarter. The Raiders are ready. They're not shying down. They're stepping up to everybody. And you want to talk about wins? They've won three games this year. They've beaten the Chiefs and the Saints. Wow. So they're coming. The Raiders are back, baby. Are they for real? Are they back? The Raiders are back, baby. I mean, they could have beat the Bills too, right? You know, so. They could have. Yeah. They they easily could have could have only had one loss this season. And if for you guys to, um, you know, who have followed us on the podcast, check us out. Episode three. We talked about this very same thing of how the Raiders could beat the Chiefs, folks. I mean, if you guys want knowledge, yeah. you guys want to win in your fantasy league, you guys want to show off to your friends your football knowledge, this is where it's at. You're going to get all of these different morsels of knowledge that we're bringing forth. And, Nick, I mean, you're right on point. 35 carries for the Raiders. The Chiefs, how much times did they carry it? 20 times. The Raiders mm-hmm. stuck with the ground game. They were stubborn with it. And eventually, they were able to, you know, win the time of possession battle. And, yes, it's no secret that Kansas City can play three crap quarters and then Golden State Warriors, you you know, in the third or fourth quarter and roll up 28 in one in one period. The and Raiders see, defense. But, Ryan, but, Ryan, what is the strategy when you play a team like that? We've seen this with the, it's the, the ground Tom game. Brady's. No, yeah, we've seen this with the Tom Brady's. We've seen this with the Peyton Manning's with the greatest show on turf. What is the strategy? Keep, Keep them, them off, off the field. The field. Yep. Exactly. Keep them off the field. And you that's what points, the Raiders did. Do you know how many points the Chiefs scored in the second half? How many? Eight. Eight wow. points. And the Raiders scored 16. Yep. That was they the difference. They did what they had to do. That was that's the difference. They did what they yeah. had to do, man. So – you know, are guys, you guys saying yeah. right now, are you guys making an early put-it-on-the-board prediction? Do you think the Raiders can make the playoffs? I think the Raiders can make the playoffs. They're not going to win the division. The Chiefs are still going to win the division. But the Raiders will make the play. There's got to remember, too, there are seven teams from each division that make the play each conference that oh, make yeah. the playoffs this the year. Cowboy too. So rule. Even if they I call slide it the in, Cowboy rule. Yeah, yeah, slide into that number seven spot. They could still, they could definitely. I see them as a top seven team in the AFC, no doubt about it. Wow. Yeah, I wow. mean the the Raiders three and two is a lot better than the Colts, Indianapolis Colts three and two, no yeah. doubt about it. Uh, yeah, the Raiders. So you guys just Raiders are for real. So you guys just heard my stat about Ceh, and we're going to continue on this. Let's transition on to this. It was a big signing this week. Uh, Adam Gase. <laughs> <laughs> he bringing up his name. But the Jets, they cut Le'Veon Bell, and he signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Give me your fantasy outlooks on one, Le'Veon Bell, and two, all the CEH owners that drafted him in the first and second round. I think this is more of a hit to CEH than it is Le'Veon Bell. Because if the Chiefs yeah. had the confidence in Le'Veon Bell to go out and – not the Chief Le'Veon Bell. If they had the confidence in CEH, they would not have gone out and signed a Le'Veon Bell. For those exact reasons that you said, Floyd, about the short yep. yardage carries. Le'Veon yep. Bell can pass protect and he can get those short yardage plays, no problem. I do think that Le'Veon Bell won't see as many touches as he did with the Jets. But at the same time, the quality of touches, he's playing in front of a better line, in front of a better offense now with the Chiefs. I think his fantasy prospects go up to what they were with the Jets and CEHs go down. At the same time, I would probably put them maybe in the same tier because CEH's prospects were so high and Le'Veon Bell's were so low where now they might be more even than not, but I would still give the edge to Le'Veon. I agree. And another thing that we forgot to mention about Le'Veon is the last three years that he's played, he's had over 66 catches. Mm-hmm. So, so he's huge in the passing game. And we can go even further than that because we're not going to count his 2015 year where he was hurt. But the year before that, so we could say easily four, year, four out of his last five years, not counting, counting his injury year, he's had over 66 catches because he had 83 his second year in the league. 45 his first year. So there's no questions about his hands. That adds an entirely new dynamic. Yep. For you want to get, here's, here's this too. Through five games, uh, CEH's kept receptions in the first five games, zero in game one, six in game two, five in game three, three in each of the last two weeks. Yeah, they're missing that. Mm-hmm. They're missing that. They need and that. Even the game, that. And even the game, he caught six passes. It was only for 32 yards. So you're saying that they found their Kareem Hunt? Yeah. I think he's I better than Kareem Hunt because he's got one less year of wear and tear on him because he sat out the one season. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that. And he's looking, to prove, him, that. He's looking to prove himself this year for next year when he's a free agent and he can go get paid again. So listen, hmm. the time to buy low on Le'Veon Bell – has passed oh. in fantasy. Yeah, it has passed. You could have got him for scraps. I think it'll take him a couple of games to get into the system, but I mean, if you're a fantasy owner and you're either you've been frustrated with Le'Veon Bell, you're probably sitting at like three and two or two and three. You might have the time where it's like you might have some growing pains. But if you get a healthy Le'Veon Bell with that Chiefs offensive line and that offense, you're set for the home stretch. Yeah. You're set for the home stretch. Or on the flip side of that, you can sell him really high because if he does fail, if he's just there as motivation for CEH to play better, you can get a whole lot for him right now. How do you want to look at it? Wow. But But everything is in your hands. For me, I would be holding Le'Veon. I I would hold him too. Yeah, to be honest, he's got something to prove. He's got a chip on his shoulder, and he's on the best offense in the league. Yeah, I I think uh, uh, you know you only can you know have one football on the field, right? So, 
I, I'm inclined to kind of agree with what Nick has to say as far as them being on the same tier. And perhaps even the touches are probably going to be equal. So the question is, does Le'Veon Bell's presence take away touches from maybe a Kelsey or maybe from Hill or mm. or or maybe Demarcus Robinson, their receiver four, is, is going to be obsolete because now you can get this guy. Because no. see, because CEH three catches, but was targeted eight times. So yeah. so CEH is is good for fifteen to twenty touches um, consistently since week one. You put in Le'Veon in there. Um, I guess it's, I'm not stating anything, but maybe a question I'll throw back out to the panel again is: Do you see CEH maybe ten to twelve carries? Le'Veon getting. 12 to 15 carries. What? Where do you guys see that um, t- um, the amount of touches? Yeah, Ceh ain't going anywhere, man. He was drafted in the first round at the end of the first round for a reason. He's not going anywhere. He will still get his touches, but now he's allowed to grow into that type of running back. Um, I don't, I don't see him not being a factor. So those Ceh owners out there. Don't sell him yet, unless you can get something really good. Don't sell him, especially if you're in Dynasty League. Redraft leagues, yeah, you might want to sell him high right now if you can. If you if you can still sell him high, but can you sell him re- high in a dynasty in a in a regular season league right now? Because if it's just for I this year, so. why would you? Why would they go out and get Le'Veon Bell this year for this year? Is what I'm saying. I would honestly, I would leave it alone because think about it. We thought this last year. With Shady, Shady was an amazing. They didn't draft a running back and then go trade for somebody though. They had had a running back. They had had a running back. Yeah, but which Shady could have easily overtook, right? The same way we're thinking, Le'Veon can easily overtake Ceh. This would be like this, this would be this would be akin to like if the Giants went and drafted Saquon Barkley. And he had struggled early on and that kind of stuff. And then they went and traded for an agent. You can't Peterson. say that, Nick, because CEH hasn't put up numbers like Saquon Barkley. But but it's, it's this is more it's a, this is more gotta, like what I said with the Chiefs when they had Damian Williams, Darrell Williams, and whoever else they had at the time. I can't even remember that person's name. And they went and still got a Shady, and Shady was not the number one back there. But you also have to say, too, both CEH and Le'Veon are better than any running back that they had on their roster during the Andy Reid era in Kansas City. Other than Uh, Jamal Charles, of course. Yeah, other than Jamal Charles. But Shady, up until that point, though, was an amazing fantasy running back. An amazing fantasy running back. So you would think when 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 he went to the Chiefs, you were thinking, oh, yeah. He's back with his boy, the fastest team on in the NFL before the Chip Kelly era decided to destroy that. And he was productive in Buffalo. But the Bills cut him. And that was before they drafted Singletary. Yeah, well, the Bills are the Bills, dude. That's why they're the Bills. And that's another story. <laughs> But Shady's also reached that age cliff as well, too. That's why the Bills cut yeah. him because he's a depreciating yeah. – as horrible as to say, he's a depreciating asset, especially in a position like running back. Unless you're Adrian Peterson, it's very hard 
for running backs to sustain that amount of success. I mean, look at look at McCoy, what Shady McCoy done in Tampa. Uh, Tampa's a different story. That's to be determined. Mm-hmm. They got him and then drafted a running back and then went and signed Leonard Fournette. So, yeah, they also I, I'm a shady are, fan. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a shady fan, but it, yeah. yeah, that day comes for everybody. Yeah, it does. It does. To be determined. We'll, we'll see. Uh, do you? Would you guys think that last year's running back, uh, running back situation or the running back camp was more crowded than it was uh, that it is this year? I, I feel and, that there's and, and lesser in Kansas City. Yeah, lesser bodies in the running back core than it was last year. Because last oh, year, because, and there's more talent, and there's way oh, more talent. No, I don't think so. Only because of Damian Williams opting out this year. Mm. I think I think if Damian Williams was playing right now. They would not have gotten nope. Bell? Nope. I, don't, I agree. I, I, I can agree. see that. I agree. Do you think – and here's the thing. I'm fully confident this is the only year Le'Veon Bell plays in Kansas City. 100%. He's gone out 100%. Yeah, I he's could gone. see that. He's, he's on a prove-it contract right now where he's going to play one year, play with the best offense in the league, try to win a Super Bowl, and then he's going to go get paid next year. Here's another question for you. If Le'Veon does nothing this year – how valuable is he after that? He goes down. Where, regardless of if he goes to a Miami or, you know, a team that needs a running back that will give you 30 carries, 20, 20 to 30 touches a game, is he even going to be considered? Is he a first? Is he a second, first or second round fantasy draft pick? If he can't be successful in Kansas City, that would be a great litmus test with all the parts around him and, and the system. I mean, he got everything over there. He got the, you know, half a billion quarterback. He got Andy Reid. I mean, everything is set up for a, as to what Nick said, like a career revival so he can get paid the next year. I mean, I, I'll i be very speculative to see where Le'Veon can do post-Kansas City, especially if he does bad. True. I agree. All right, guys. So now we're at the time where we – as supposed to be experts, try to compete compete against the guests of the show. Our guest of the show this week is not only my friend, one of my really good friends that I've known for all my life, but he's also family. This is my cousin, Mr. Bobby Spears, born and raised in uh, Florida. Bobby, who is your lock of the week? First of all, let me put my AKA, Mr. Ski Mask Killer. He forgot okay. that. <laughs> That's what he forgot. So, I forgot it, yes. Yeah, yes. You, you, you must have forgot. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> all right, bro, Is that an AKA right there? AKA, yes, you, must have a- right AKA there. you must have forgot. Yeah. So, but, yeah, my lock of the week going to be uh, Tampa over Green Bay. So that's going to be my lock of the week. And I'm going to tell you why. I think Green Bay – Maybe, you know, sleeping on this game, you know, because they 4-0. I can see this a trap game for Green Bay. I can see it as a trap game. And Tampa come in and win. It's going to be like a high-scoring game. So, I'm, I'm going to give y'all a prediction. 38-35. Tampa. 38-35. Let me mark that down. And the game is also in Tampa. In, is that in correct? Tampa. Yes. Yeah. So, Green Bay has to travel outside of their – Beloved Lambeau Field to Tampa. It's going to be real interesting to see. We got two of the quarterbacks that we've – I'm pretty sure we've had an argument as arguably the best of all time, right? Both of them. 
and now they but get you, to battle each other. And, and what's the crazy part is they haven't battled that much against each other, though. Do you know the record of them? I I don't know the record of them, but they haven't battled enough mm-hmm. against each other. Stat boy, somebody look that up for us as we continue on. All right, is there anything else you want to talk about when we talk about this show? Oh, and um, I think y'all forgot the coach. Like another coach that's on the hot seat is Doug Marone. He's actually on the hot seat since oh, their wow. run to the A. Since their run to the AFC Championship, he's actually eleven and twenty-one, and their offense has regressed. If you look at it, oh wow! So, yeah, Doug, Doug, Marone. Doug Marone is yeah, it's kind of on the hot seat in Jacksonville. Yeah, that's something got, we have to look at too. Because yeah, I know they're doing got, a rebuilding. They're getting rid of all their players, right? So we have to right, see. but. He was just in the NFC Championship went two, three years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He yeah. should have won that game. That and he should have won the game. Back. His offense has regressed. His defense, everybody on the defense basically left. They got Ramsey out of there. They got Ndokwe out of there. I mean, it's, it's a lot of their defense has left from that team. One his player offense, left from that defense. No, yeah, a, lot, a, lot of of players left. a lot of players left from that defense. The other corner – I can't think of his Boye. name right now. Boye. Boye, yeah. A.J. Boye left from that defense, too. Mm. I, got your, I, got, I got your stats. Yes. All right. So what's the stats on Brady? Oh, well, not Brady, but in terms of the Packers, I have the Packers yes. have led that series 33 wins, 21 losses, and a tie. And the Bucks have not won against the Packers since 2011. Or 2009. Yeah, but- But you know, know, Nick, that's not the stats we want. What's Brady versus Rodgers? Rodgers. Okay. Yeah, you work on that. We'll keep going. All right, so what's your your, uh, upset of the week, Bobby? My upset of the week? Ski mask killer, a.k.a. You must have forgot. (laughs) A.k.a. I must have forgot, a.k.a. Crab leg bootleg. (laughs) Yeah, my upset of the week is going to be I'm going to take San Francisco over L.A. Ooh, why? Uh, it's just they're playing at home. Jimmy G is a little healthier than he was last week. Right. Debo is back another week. Uh, Raheem Mostert is back. They got a lot of their offensive weapons back. Kittle is back. You know, he's been back, what, th- this is third week back? This will be his third week, yeah. Right. They got a uh, – the Rams' defense ain't like it was – Two a year ago or two years ago, the Rams defense sure, ain't that strong. You sure you don't want to ask Alex Smith about the Rams defense? Ask who? Alex Smith about that Rams I, defense. Oh, what, you mean the offensive line that was bad in Washington that can't stop? You know, yeah, it, it, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would go with San Francisco upsetting L.A. All right, San Fran. I'm, I'm because they're getting San Fran is getting healthier. At the right at the right time, they're getting healthier. Okay, all right, I've got it. You got it for us now. Aaron Rodgers and Tom. You. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have only faced each other as starters twice in yes. all these years. Really? Yes. Yep. Wow. Yes. Yep. And in tw- the last one, in the last one, 2018, Tom Brady won. Over uh, Aaron Rodgers, thirty-one seventeen. Okay, and the and one then, before that. And the second one before that was in twenty fourteen. 
the hell just happened? I lost it. <laughs> I lost it. Uh, is that uncomfortable silence part? No, no, it's all right. <laughs> you know how you like meet a girl and you like wondering what you're trying to talk about? This is that moment right now, guys. <laughs> yes. This is our stat boy. Just so you know. I lost I, my computer is messed up. All right. So the other time in 2014, Packers won. 26-21. So they're so one they and one. One and one against each other. Arguably, arguably the two quarterbacks that we Great. always argue about. Yep. And if you want to throw Tom. this in, there's a little caveat to that too. Okay. They have been on the field another time together in 2006. No, in 2006, when Brett Favre started and got taken out uh, when he left with an elbow injury and the Patriots won 35 nothing. Wow. So he didn't play a full game, but he was a rookie, and Brady still won. So you're saying we have a rubber match? This yes. is a rubber match. Yeah, I would throw and that rubber and match. game out. And I'm going to take the home team in the rubber match. The home team in the rubber match. Not because All they're right. from Tampa and that's your homer pick. Nah, you know, that's a little bit into it. but Man, you, know, you can tell I'm, when somebody's I'm, about to I'm, lie I'm, I'm, because listen, they hit I'm you with take, the high pitch voice. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take that because we also get healthy people back. God wouldn't be back healthy. Fournette is God back healthy. playing this game? Yes, everybody's back healthy. Okay. Except, except the only person that Vita Vea – our defensive tackle is out for the season. O.J. Howard is out for the season, but everybody else is healthy coming in back to the game. What is Vita Vea? I didn't know Vita Vea was out. Yeah, he uh, broke his ankle, so he's out. What? Yeah. Yeah, Vita Vea, is, that's crucial to you guys. That's man. crucial to our defense, yes. Yeah, middle. that's that that's going to be crucial because Aaron Jones is going to eat y'all up. No, I, mean, I, 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 don't, I still don't see that because we got the number one or two run defense in the league like we had last year. So I don't see him okay. running like that. I see the only way Aaron Jones get his jars, I see out in the backfield catching passes like he always do down the field. Either way, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be it's yeah. a great matchup between two Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers, guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famers. And apparently since, I mean, we probably hear the, the last stats, time they guys, ever play each other too. Probably. Yeah, I mean, probably, yeah. Obviously, we haven't had enough of this one, this matchup. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. All right. Yes. Nick, let's go on and uh, caveat to you, man. Like you are right now, leading at five and three in our picks. Who is your lock of the week this week? Well, this is very interesting because I'm going to have to go in opposition of the other lock of the week. No disrespect. I am actually picking the Green Bay Packers to win the, against the Tampa Bay Bucks. And for this, as much as I would love to see Tampa Bay come out with a victory here, the Packers are coming off a bye. They've got two weeks to prepare for this game. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers and looks like he's on one of those missions that he's playing right now. And the way that offense is going, that offense. Are you is saying we? Are you same. saying we? Are you saying we have the old Aaron Rodgers? I don't know if we have the old Aaron Rodgers. We have an old. We, Aaron Rodgers is older now. But you know but, what I'm saying. Yeah, I think especially with the fact of them drafting a quarterback last year, has lit a fire under him this year that he's got something to prove. And a vindictive Rodgers is a dangerous Rodgers. And that's mm. why I think right now, given the way that the Tampa Bay Bucks defense has looked in certain games, I mean, they gave up 35 points at home to a rookie. What are they going to do when Aaron Rodgers has two weeks to prepare for him? With Devontae Adams coming back. 
with uh, Aaron Jones in the backfield there. It's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a shootout, like Bobby said, but I think the Packers are going to be the one that comes out on top. Mm. Very interesting. Hey, Very Nick, where you live at? Nick, where you live at again? I live in Tampa Bay. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just, I, just let, I just let my boys know when they come, <laughs> when they look for me. <laughs> Hey, I said I want the bu- yep. I want the Bucks to win. I just got to be logical. I got to be reasonable, and that's what the numbers tell me. Yep, awesome, awesome. All right, well, Nick. I mean, five and three. You're one of the leaders. One of the leaders. Keyword. Who is your upset pick of the week? Who are people going to Vegas and betting on? Well, I'm going to look at it like this. Just two weeks ago, the Houston Texans fired their coach and GM, Bill O'Brien, and against all odds, with a new coach. They were able to come together and win last week to get their first win of the season. The Atlanta Falcons just fired their head coach and their GM this week. Now, hopefully this game continues to get played because of the COVID stuff going on with the Atlanta Falcons Mm -hmm. right now. But I am going to say that history repeats itself this week and that the Atlanta Falcons go into Minnesota and beat the Vikings. Wow. Wow. With is Dalvin Cook even playing? I think he's Dalvin out. Cook, he's ruled Dalvin out. Cook is not playing right now. He's out. Madison will be playing. but mm. And I know that the Falcons have that whole thing against them this year, but I just think that they have something to prove. I don't see a team with Matt Ryan, with now Julio Jones coming back for the first time in a couple of weeks. Now, hopefully he's healthy. Um, you got like they're going to throw something in the end zone, but keep going. Coach, hey, you never know. The, the, the gloves are off right now. We can see something that we you just don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully the game gets played and we get some football. But you also got to look at this, too. Todd Gurley is playing really well for the Atlanta oh Falcons. Gosh. A lot better than he has. He not, got, is he not looking like vintage Todd Gurley? Like, you see that run he had last week. Like, Bruce. they lost, yeah. obviously. He made his run like breakaway he's got two speed. Brand new, he's got two brand new knees. They're 0-5, but he's got five touchdowns in five games. Hey, so, Ryan, can we call this the bionic girly? I hope so. <laughs> hope yeah, so. I, I mean, but, when, you, when you think about a running back that's on the mend, you know, coming back from, you know, a major injury or anything, the first thing that comes to people's minds is Adrian Peterson. Todd Gurley uh-huh. could be that – Todd Gurley could be that uh, – be that person. Um but the one thing is, is that, you know, I picked the Falcons too, Nick, you know, to upset uh, Carolina and – uh, you know, um, we'll see what happens. Well, here's the thing. I think Carolina is a better team than Minnesota, though, too. Do you really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could see that. I don't yeah. think so. Offensively. Offensively. Right, let's break it down. Without Dalvin Cook? Without Dalvin Cook. And you also got to look at this. You want to talk about offensively? What about the defensive side of the ball that we were just talking about with Mike Zimmer? And that's the problem. Nope. That is their problem. And they've got Raheem Morris as the interim head coach now, too. And I would love to see Raheem Morris come back in the NFL and get a win. Here, I'll, I'll ask an even more interesting question. You have Sunday ticket. You have four games you can put on your television. Is that one of the games you're going to have on? I mean, yeah, because I've got fantasy stock in that game, so I'm going to watch that game. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Thanks. Mr. Ryan, uh, Ryan, we got your picks. Uh, Nick, we got you at five and three. There's another person that lead that, that is in tie with him. And that wait, is wait, your boy. wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before we get to that, um, okay. before we get to that, I still haven't announced my picks actually, because I got cut. How yeah. did you get cut? 
Oh, because, okay. Yeah, yeah, because of Vernon Davis, that's what happened. No, because oh, you, oh, wait, you, picked, you picked the Bengals lose against the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> Don't All worry. Right, so, hey, full wait. disclosure, full disclosure, we have these moments where we mistake. Not time. we. Oh, not like, we. Not we. We, not, not we, we, uh, we there. All right. I had a mistake. All right, that's fine. No, it's Brian, all, it's all those. Cut, yeah, let's cut straight to it because they're not gonna let me mess up on a mistake. You guys will hear this in the blooper reel, and <laughs> it's great. Ryan, who is your pick of the week? <laughs> no problem. I bet you know before I give my picks. You know, it, it has been told to me that people tune in for Floyd and and then Nick than me. So. Um, that that's what it is. So I'm going to make it real quick. Chiefs over the Bills. Chiefs are four and a half faves over the Bills. But the Bills, who just got roughed up real bad by the Titans, um, this by past who? Tuesday. By who? We'll give we'll give you your 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 time in in a few moments. But yeah, the Titans did really did do a number on the Bills. The Chefs will do the same thing to the Bills. May not be the exact method, but still they would do a number on the Bills who. Remember, they're four and one, just like the Chiefs. You have the feeling that the Chiefs are at maybe a tad bit of a different level, a little bit above the Bills. That's my right. opinion. Chiefs will um, take care of that. They are the four and a half faves, and they will do a number on the Bills. That's a Monday night game. Now, right. talking about coaches on the hot seat, Bobby brings up a real good point about the Doug Marone in Jaguars going against Matt Patricia over the Lions. Who's going to prevail? Jags over Lions in the Battle of the Cats. Mm. Um, and a lot of people don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But in my heart of hearts, I do want it to be a high-scoring game because I do have fantasy stock in both of these teams. <laughs> so that's, what it is. that's not a good testament of your fantasy team. You got the <laughs> well, that, that's for another show, another day of why, you know, I'm a four-time, 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 didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> Let me um, ask you something. What is the difference? This is like the polar opposite of me picking the Chiefs as an upset over the Ravens. This is like sure. the tail. This is like the loser version of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I. But believe it or not, even though the Lions are traveling to Jacksonville, I believe the Lions are favored by three. Mm. Un- unbelievable. I, I don't know where really? how Vegas finds this out, but I'm sure they have their reasons. Man, Vegas is something you don't argue with, right? Exactly. That's saying don't argue with. Trust me on that, folks. Trust me. So, with even with that said, with the Jags being three-point dogs at home, I see them prevailing over the Lions. Um, and is there any scientific reason behind that? No. I be- I'm a believer in the mustache over Matt Stafford. We'll see what happens. Last time I did pick the Jaguars as an upset. I lost, and that's why I'm four and four in these picks. But it's just a feeling, folks. Just um, a feeling. Yeah, it's just a feeling. I got nothing scientific on that, to be honest. All right. Interesting picks, man. We'll see how we go the rest of the year. It's been it's a tough battle. The leader only has a game up on us. Our right now we are, I think, statistically wise, we are losing to our guest. I think we're good this week. Our guest kind of sucks, so we'll find out. However, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to throw a couple things out to you right now, right? So I'm going to read you the power rankings right now because now it's on me and it's on my picks. So the number one team in the power rankings, which we know power rankings are just 
writers who think who the best team in football is, right? And they're always something to argue about. They're always a talking point. So we're going to start off with this. We're going to start off right now with the Seattle Seahawks, ranked number one in the power rankings. Seattle Seahawks, yeah. Chef Russell Wilson, which I just learned that that was his nickname. He's, he cooks up some whatever or whatnot. Seattle Seahawks are the number one in the power rankings. That's saying they're the best team in the NFL. People don't realize they have, I think, the bottom, they're in the bottom three in defenses whatsoever. That's why every game when you watch Seattle is exciting because Russell Wilson has to bring them back. Defense is trash. Offense is top notch. Number two, the Green Bay Packers. Listen, I have a huge emotional and physical stake in the Green Bay Packers because my father and my family side, my father's side of the family, is born and raised in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I have watched them be good. I have watched them start off the season hot. I have watched them do great things. You know what I have not seen them do? Win. When it counts. 40 years of great quarterback play. They had Brett Favre for damn near 20 years. And they're about to have Aaron Rodgers for 20 years. So I'll even cut it back another decade. 30 years of great quarterback play. How many champions, how many Super Bowls do they have? Two. Two. They have their weaknesses. They are not as good as they said. Last year, they were 13-3. and three, And I told everybody that would listen to me, they are the worst 13-3 and three in NFL history. 13-3 team in NFL history. And we found that out when they played the, the Niners because the Niners ran for like 400 yards on them. Terrible, right? Let's keep going. The Chiefs, 4-1. They just got exposed by a team that played their own game against them. We're just going to be explosive, and we're just going to throw a deep match us, and they could not do it. They went out and signed another running back because they got their butts beat by a division rival. Baltimore Ravens, number four. Baltimore's a great team. We know Lamar's skill. The NFL stands for not for long. Has he been figured out? We don't know. Who is their running back right now? It ain't Mark Ingram. Is it J.K. Dobbins? Is it Gus Edwards? Yeah, we, we don't know. who, who they, they have not found their identity this year. That's why they've had hiccups. Four and one. The next team, Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger's back. Tommy John's, I guess the equivalent of Tommy John's surgery. They've had hiccups at running backs. I think they just found their next Antonio Brown and, and Chase Claypool. We don't know. The one solid thing we do know about Pittsburgh, their defense is real. But that's what we've always known about Pittsburgh, is their defense is always real. And team number six, the Tennessee Titans. You want to know who my lock of the week is? It is, the, it is the biggest bullies on the block. I don't care what anybody says, man. We've watched a lot of football. If you listen to this podcast, that means you watch football. If you don't understand what the Tennessee Titans have gone through and who they've become and what they are about, then I can't have a conversation with you. We had a lot of issues right now. Everybody was – dude, I was getting hate messages. In my Facebook messages, bad. I was getting DM. People were sliding in my DMs saying, you messed up the NFL. You did this. They acted like I walked into the team with COVID 
and gave Cannon Hill and Corey Davis a high five. You know what I mean? Like, they acted like this happened. We understand the time that we're in, we are in right now, it's out there. It's what's going to happen. Look at our, our commander in chief. It's going to happen. People are going to get infected. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, it just happened to be us first. And Nick, I'm going to jump onto you because I'm, I'm going to I'm going to throw this to you in a minute. But I'm going to tell you the point of view from the Titan side, right? So I know the initial point of view was like, oh, the Titans are messing up football. Oh, you're going to get the season canceled. Oh, you messing up everything. Why are you guys so stupid and all this stuff? In the end, man, listen, if you listen to this podcast, more than likely when you were younger, you played the sport. Whether it's in the league, peewee, backyard, whatever, it's the love of the game. We love it, man. I would love to go out there right now and throw a touchdown pass to my cousin Bobby. You know what I mean? Just to talk trash to some other 20-year-olds or whatever. You know what I mean? It's the love of the game. These guys got in trouble because they had a person pop or a couple of people pop. And they were like, all right, well, we have a tough game against the Steelers next. So what we're going to do right now is, all right, so we can't go into the facility. Let's meet up on the sideline. And let's go, like, still run through some plays because we want to be ready. Because we were a half of football away from making it to the Super Bowl. We're here. We we are here. Unfortunately, one of those players that they invited to go do that happened to have it also, and other players got infected. So it was detrimental to the league or whatever. But here's what I'll say. Through all the animosity, through all the talk, through all the hate messages, through all the hate social media, through everything, you know what my Titans did? They didn't listen to any of it. They got ready. Because they know, even though we weren't able to play the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, who I respect and I hate more than the Cowboys, the game after that was against the undefeated Buffalo Bills, who I also respect, who also has an MVP candidate in Josh Allen, who also has a defense that's not to be messed with. And what did they do? They almost hung half a hundred on them. They came in there, and I know you guys seen the memes. If you follow me, if any of my friends are listening to this right now, you follow me, you saw the memes. Derrick Henry sent a man to the moon. They haven't seen a black man fly that high since the Tuskegee Airmen <laughs> for what he did to him. Do you understand? We are the biggest bullies in the block. Don't even take that game uh, how we demolished the buff, the undefeated Buffalo Bills who thought they were doing something. Let's look at last year. Everybody counted us out. They were like, yeah, you're not even going to make the playoffs. All right, what do we do? Derrick Henry ran for 200-something yards against uh, Houston to send us to the playoffs. What do we do in Foxborough, which I was personally there to watch? Destroy Tom Brady. And his last pass as a Patriot was an interception return. And Derrick Henry made them his lady. What do we do after that? Oh, we're going against the biggest bullies in the NFL and Baltimore Ravens. Oh, okay. No problem. We'll go to your house. We'll run over you and we will destroy you. And that's exactly what we do. That game wasn't even close. I don't even think the score let you know how close that was. Still, no respect. After that, we got to go to KC. Tough game. 
at halftime, we are still winning that game, playing our football game. Fortunately, we didn't win and close it out. It was a great game plan by Kansas City. They did their thing. No problem. We lost. Fine. On to next year. What do we do? We smash every single person in front of us. And we are still undefeated. We are still playing the alleged biggest bullies on the block. I got news for you guys. You have met the biggest bullies on the block. And it's the Tennessee Titans. Ask anybody that's a fan of a football team, would they, would they like to play Tennessee in the playoffs? Would they like to, to play Tennessee in the Super Bowl? I can guarantee you, they don't want to see us. We are the biggest bullies of the block. I've already thrown you a stat out there that's shown you in the last 14 games, the quarterback that got half a billion dollar contract is not even better than the quarterback of our team. Yeah, we have our issues just like every other team. It's a long year. We've got to figure that out. But I'm putting it out there right now. And I'm stopping on my table. We are the biggest bullies on the block. You ain't going to come in there and run the ball down our throat. You ain't going to outrun the ball down our throat. You ain't going to outpass us. When you come to us, you better come correct. This, I'm going to tell you the same thing that another great player has said, I want my damn respect too. <laughs> I'm picking the Titans over the Texans. I, I, man, it's been tough, to man. I was saying. No, I didn't want to cut what you were saying, but it's been tough, man. Brian... Nick, especially Ryan, you know the struggle I've gone through as a Titans fan. You know that, man. I've waken up at 5 in the morning, 6 a.m. to go stumble to a bar just to save a table because all my friends have teams on the West Coast. But I got to watch my Titans. I'm living in Hawaii, hence the Big Kahuna's podcast. And I had to watch my team go. Yeah, and I had to watch my team go 2 and 14, dude. Like, you know the struggle we've gone through. But to now, when we play a game, dude, <laughs> ain't nobody going to out-muscle us. Ain't nobody going to out- Now, ain't nobody going to out-throw us. What do you want, man? What do you want, man? Listen, there's no team. All the big teams in the NFL, we've destroyed all of them. People forget last year, we killed Kansas City. In the regular season. Yeah, we didn't do it when it counted. We were a half away. All right, that's fine. But all the big-name teams, we smashed all of them. And we still don't get the respect. Last week, we weren't even – we were undefeated. We weren't even in top ten in power rankings. And I'm like, why are you, like, giving why, – why are you not looking at us? All right, that's fine. You know what? Vrabel's going to get us right, and we will meet you on your field – Whatever time you want to do it, if it's prime time you play best at, if you play better at 12 or 1 o'clock, that's fine. We'll meet you in your field, and we're going to punch you in the, mu- in the mouth. Period. Come meet us. Tell me a running back that's more vicious than Derrick Henry. I'll wait. I'll wait. 
So, yeah, tough divisional battle. Like I said, my lock of the week is my Titans over the Texans. I will say this, though. It's going to be tough. Division battles are always tough. I mean, look at the Philadelphia football team. You know what I mean? You play division games, it's tough. You know what I'm saying? That is a division game. It, I don't, I'm not saying we're going to smash them 42 to 16 like we did the, the Bills, but I will say we will beat them. Now, my upset of the – Nick, do you have anything you want to say on that? <laughs> Nick, do you want to follow that up? I mean, if you keep talking, the Eagles might actually win a game. <laughs> but no i will say this i gotta give the titans respect for coming out and doing what they did but at the same time i for what happened with the schedule i right. feel so awful for the shitty situation that the buffalo bills have had to go through over the last two weeks because sure. on one hand they're sitting here. They haven't done a single thing wrong. They've been taking their tests. They've been practicing, doing things the right way with no COVID tests. They've got the Titans on deck, but then they also have a Thursday night game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Where if that were to happen, they would catch the Chiefs on three games in 11 days. Mm. Whereas the Bills would have, a short, would have more time in advance to prepare for the Chiefs and have more rest. And the Chiefs are a little battle-worn. But now because of the Titans having to have the game previously postponed the week before, the NFL the doesn't want to give them two buys in a row. So they found some way to shoehorn that game in and force those Titans out there. And granted, the Titans had all week to prepare for the tight, for the Bills. The Bills spent that entire buildup, even up to the day of the game when the Titans had the But Nick, hold on, but Nick. There he goes. Ha- Half the players, <laughs> there he goes. Half the there he players goes. on the Titans were on the practice squad. We didn't have talking. a full team out there either. As I was saying, the Titans spent the entire <laughs> week preparing for the Tennessee Titans, whereas the Bills, up until the day of the game against the Titans, they had no idea if they were playing the Titans on Tuesday or the Chiefs on Thursday. So they had to prepare for two teams at one time. You got to give the Titans credit for coming out and doing what they did because that was a hell of an effort in that game. But you also can't knock the fact that the Buffalo Bills had one hand tie, arm tied behind their back the entire week and did nothing wrong. And now because of what the Titans went through, right or wrong, we can't say it's right or wrong, right. Uh, the Bills now th- had started the season 3-0, they get absolutely dummied and bullied by the Titans on Tuesday night football. I'm sorry. Say that word again. What happened? D- which one? Dummied or bullied? <laughs> and now they've lost all that momentum. Now they were they the undefeated though. Chiefs. Were they undefeated? Were they walking through the league at that point? They were, but the momentum got cut short because of the Titans COVID situation. Now, so, so what you're saying is they should have been close game then. So now what's happening is now. The Chiefs are the ones playing the Bills on a short week, and now the Bills have to go into Kansas City on a short week and go play the Kansas City Chiefs. They could lose two games in a matter of six days. True. But understand, though, this is not just the Titans. This is going on league-wide. I know the Titans were the ones that started it, so, of course, they're going to be the, you know, the, the dummy, the shooting dummy, whatever you want to call it. They're going to be the ones that you point the fingers at. But we have a lot of other teams. No one's talking about the Patriots. The Patriots had another positive test just now, right? We had the Falcons that had to, like, have issues. Minnesota was a 
is some problems and some issues too. This is not an issue. This is not anybody's fault. I want people yeah, to but realize that. The Titans that. were the only team that had this up until the Patriots. Now they were the only team that had had this issue for two weeks in a row. But it's not their fault. It's not their fault, man. Like we knew this was going to happen to a team. It just happened to ha- happen to them first. There's twenty oh, teams is, in the let league. Me that had let, this me, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase it. It just happened to get reported to them first. So this is what we have to deal with because we had what two weeks of nothing. And I, well, and it I wasn't told you guys. Yeah, I guess. N- yeah, yeah. Like John, didn't they have this Minnesota too? The Titans in Minnesota had this problem. Yeah, and don't forget the Titans. It wasn't like they were playing a home game. They went to Minnesota and this happened. So, but I want people to not get, like I said, I got hate mail. I got all kinds of stuff, man. But I want people to realize this is not the Titans' fault at all. And we, hey, we answered it the best way we could. All right, y'all want to blame us? Half our team is out right now, and we're still going to smash another undefeated team in the league and show them they ain't shit, right? I guess what you guys can do, you could take a, if you want to compare a little bit, you guys can take a little page out of the, 2017 Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles playbook where you can say, you know what? You guys cannot like us. You Nobody likes us. We don't care. Great segue. Great segue. Great segue. Great segue to that. Yeah, we don't hey. care. And that's what T- Taylor Lewan said. Y'all blamed us. Y'all yelled at us. We came out here. All right, you want us to come half-assed? All right, we're coming half-assed, and it's still better than your ass. Yep. Hey, could it could it have been a Mike Raybro thing of a Bill Belichick? Say, hey, we get a week to prepare for these guys because we know they got to play. No, nah, don't, don't even introduce that. Six, you know what I mean? You want it? No, nah, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> you what, hold on. You, here, I'm going to negate all that because you want to know what Vrabel said when it first happened, when it was first postponed against Pittsburgh. He was like, when he said, so we were supposed to play Pittsburgh on Sunday two weeks ago. And we weren't allowed into the facilities until this that Saturday, so no practice all week. You know what Vrabel came out and said? I don't care. We will be ready. Period. No excuses. Nothing. We're gonna come with what we have, and we're still gonna compete. Oh and no way! You gotta, sh- no way can anybody like really criticize the Titans because at the end of the day, everybody just wants to compete. I'm just saying. Yes. And that's in your nature. You can't just sit for two weeks. You want to do whatever you can to help because eventually you're going to have to get back. But at the same yeah. time, you've got these teams. Like, look at Buffalo. They had no positive tests. They've done everything right. They've won every game. And because right. of situations outside of their control, now right. they find themselves in a tough situation. But this I, is a situation. This is a situation outside of the league's control. It's, it's, it is, unfortunately, that's what it is. It's a situation outside of all teams' controls. So whatever team gets popped next, whatever we keep hearing with the Cam Newton news, with the Patriots getting popped today, it's going to happen. We understood they don't have a bubble in football. These teams are still traveling to different cities and doing that. This ain't baseball where they're like, all right, for the playoffs, we're only going to play every single day. But after those initial – This is not basketball – Hold on, this is not basketball where we're going to sit here in this bubble and you can assign certain people to come stay in this bubble with you, but outside of that, no one's coming in. This isn't hockey where they got it right. This is football. They're traveling all over. This is going to continue to happen. This is not one team's fault. 
What you have to do as a team is learn how to overcome it. Whether you get popped or not, you have players, you lose your key players. We played literally with a lot of our key players out. A lot of our except Derrick Henry. <laughs> Unfortunately, ask Josh Norman about that. Josh Norman wished that motherfucker had COVID. <laughs> but a lot of players did not, a lot of play of our players were not there. And we still put up 42 to 16. Yeah, that's, look at this that too. Was a, football. that's an example to the league, rest of the league. Hey, it's going to happen. You're going to lose your people. Show yeah, up. You, yeah, you know, uh, one thing, Floyd, that, that I will that I'll agree with you in, in this, in this respect is the fact that yes we are in this covid times i mean for us you know all of us who go to work and stuff i mean this is something that we got to face where there's the there's the chance that a coworker of ours may get hit with covid and then we right. got to adjust right. because of that 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 right. is going to be you know whether you're on the a side or the b side of it that's something that we're going to have to deal with right now what um as a quick as a quick seg Cam Newton has been announced that he is that he's available to play coming up. Am I am I right? Yep. He's okay. yep. He's supposed to be, yeah, as long as he, he gets positive right? negative, he's he good. Got cleared. Yeah, he, he got, got cleared, cleared right? right? Okay. Yeah. So I bet we I, I thought we uh add that in because you know, as uh, we were mentioning about Cam uh positive last show. In that it would have been 14 days, so yeah, that lies. Yeah, he's, that he's lies free. within 14 days. So let me ask you this: I'm gonna ask you guys this straight up, and you can give me whatever answer. If it's just to mess with me and be all that, that's fine. You know, I'll take it. But I gotta ask you guys an honest question. I want you guys to honestly. I want you guys to answer me honestly, Ryan. The Washington Football Team. Do you want to see the Tennessee Titans on your schedule next week? See what you're doing there. Yeah, answer. Washington don't, doesn't want to face a lot of teams uh, coming up uh, based off of their uh, situation. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I mean, God, God bless us, so Alex Smith. You know, he's a great but story. Let's, let's, that, let's, but let's, let's, how much time did I cringe seeing Aaron Donald getting anywhere within the area code of Alex Smith? Answer the question. Stick to the script. Answer the question. Do you Sorry. want to see the Tennessee Titans next week? Sorry, I was reading the politician's playbook on how to answer questions. Um, <laughs> yeah, you want to see the Tennessee Titans next week? No, I mean, I can answer for for a lot, a lot of teams that they do not want to see the Titans where they are right now. All right, thank I you. I mean, they're they're Nick, they're on they're Nick, on fire right now. Nick, if the Tennessee Titans were on your schedule next week, I gotta find a way to word this to him because he's gonna be super particular. <laughs> The Politician's Titans, handbook. Do you think um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I gotta phrase it a certain way with Nick? If the Tennessee Titans were on your schedule next week, you gotta play us this week coming up this this weekend. Would you be favorite? No. Okay. We're in different Bobby, places. Our team. Bobby, I'm not. I'm done talking to you, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. Yes. With your team right now. Who is doing a lot better than the Philadelphia football team and the Washington football team? If the Tennessee Titans were in your schedule this week, do you think you guys would be favored? D- depending on where we play, 
I agree. Okay. I agree. I can take that. So can you guys agree with me then when I say, which is what I led this off with, we are the biggest bullies on the block in football. You always know my thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bobby. Uh, You always know my thing, cuz. I call y'all, y'all the softest bullies on the block. That's what I always called you. And you are, I already told you this from the one, from the day one. Because last year, y'all had the same team last year. And you played a Tampa team that was in, that went to your, and we went to the game. And the game was kind of, was very close to the end. You have a very it, talented team. You guys have a very talented team. You have a way that, talented team. Than the Washington football team and the Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. We got yeah. a way talented team. So it's then Washington and be Philly. A better game. Yeah. Right. It's gonna be a better game. But with y'all guys. But what I'm guys, talking about is, but Bobby, because I know where you're going to go with this. We're going to talk about right now. Oh, right now. You know my point. The point I'm making right now yeah. is that we're the biggest bullies in football. Can you agree or not agree with that? Do you agree or not agree with that? I don't agree with that, cause I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't agree. Who's the biggest the bullies put, in football? To to me, uh, well, right is cause y'all four and zero. That that mean that don't make y'all the bullies, cause y'all four and zero. Because you, it's, it who does. Was, who was the biggest because, bullies last year? Was it not Baltimore? Right, but was it's it a couple not, games. Everybody you got Baltimore, right? One or two plays, you y'all good. You guys could be two and two. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had a lot. Yeah, you can say that about any team though. Right, but the luck y'all lost by y'all won by one point and one game. I mean, like two hey, points. a couple of plays and Dallas could be undefeated, huh? No, no, not no, 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 Winless. winless, not you undefeated. Mean winless. winless, not undefeated. You however, mean winless? However, you, however you want to say it, though, <laughs> it's a different say that throughout being the year. Undefeated and winless. I know you don't want to give me my. I don't. I know. I know you don't want to. No, give no, me my no, thing, no. Though. I get you know. Who's I like the biggest the bully in football. Who's the biggest bully in football right now? Then Bobby, if you don't think it's us, who's a bigger bully than us? Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. I can say Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know what? I I will not disagree with you on that. I I can say I Pittsburgh. Said, yeah. I said my game that put me on the map because I'm saying it right now and I'm calling it early, but in two weeks we play Pittsburgh, who has Maybe. been our nemesis before. Yes. You know, Maybe. back in the day, we're going to take another throwback here. Before the reorg of the league, we were division rivals. I AFC hate Central, more. baby. AFC yeah. Central. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I yeah. hate. My mother is a Steelers. Yeah, is a Pittsburgh. <laughs> I hate the Steelers. I used to get trash talked by my mother, dude. Like, no one <laughs> understands what that feels like when you can't say anything back to your mom because the Steelers, the Steelers beat the Titans. And you're just like, you're the last person I want to hear from. But you think this right at this moment, you think the Steelers are a bigger bully than us. Yeah, because I think they got the better defense, cuz, than you guys. They do have a better defense than us. Yes. You think they got the better offense though? No. Okay. So we're no. even. So we'll we'll so you, find out in two weeks. Right, 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 right. You're even because you guys got the All better right. offense. But right. they got the better defense. So like I said. In my opinion, we're the biggest bullies on the block until someone knocks us off. We'll find out in two weeks, right? All right. right because so let me right, go on. Right. And let me go on. Let me go on a transition now because I know we spent a lot of time on that. 
I had to get on my bit. My, I mean, my, you want to talk my, about this? You want to talk about bullies? What happens when bullies get hit? Well, you know, they run away. That's yeah, what, that's what happened in Baltimore happened. last year. That'll what what happened happen. to Baltimore? What happened to Baltimore last year when they ran to a bigger bully? You're right. You're right. So we'll and they see. Still lost. We'll see. Yeah, they lost to who? The, the biggest bullies on the block. No, I'm talking about the Titans. They still lost. They didn't take home the Lombardi last year, did they? No, they did not. Thanks, Nick, for reminding me of that. Anyway, so my <laughs> we're gonna go on a transition into our my what upset is, of the week. That whole Titans end randed with the Titans loss. That's all I was. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you need, even though I know everybody out there listening know that hey, you guys don't want to see my squad. I just want to say not- too, for people that can't see right now, Floyd started his Titan rant. One that was still light out for Ryan. It is now dark. Yeah, he did. <laughs> it's now dark. Yeah. I've been waiting on this. I, I told them all week I got to get on my Titan stuff. Because after, after the performance, and, and admit, after the performance we put on, after being off for two weeks, yo, we balled out, dude. We balled I mean, out. You, and we, you guys were supposed to. You were off for two weeks, and Buffalo had played what? Who did they play before they played? Raiders. Right. It, it, so. Oh, so what you're saying is Buffalo was streaking, and we were cold, and we because we were originally preparing for Pittsburgh, I mean, if you, and then we had to turn around and prepare for Buffalo, and, and the we didn't even had know. To prepare and for hold two, on, and hold on, and hold on. Two days before that, we didn't even know if we were going to play against Buffalo because we had another staff member pop positive. And the Bills all this time were preparing for you guys and the Chiefs because the if Chiefs. you guys' game got canceled, the Chiefs' game, they would have had to play the Chiefs in two days. Mm. So only one team came prepared. Well, well, well they had to double prepare because of you guys and your inability because to of, yeah. the under control. You sound, like, <laughs> you sound like the haters in my DMs and my that's messages. Fact. But that's a fact. <laughs> but that's, that's not our I'm, fault. That's not our fault. They, they said, well, in fairness, there have been reports out there that the Titans' mask policy on the training grounds have been very, very lax and people had not been wearing their masks. Have you been to a restaurant? Have you been to a restaurant, Nick? This isn't a restaurant. This is a professional football team. Have you been to a restaurant? Yes. Did you have your mask on? Not when I'm eating, but I'm also not a professional athlete making millions of dollars. I'm not doing that so at work. So what you're I wear, saying is, is you're I wear, human. I wear when I'm on the clock. I'm wearing my mask 24 seven at work. Okay, so are you blaming us for this COVID pop, COVID ramp rage in the? In I'm the not right blaming now? the Titans for the. Okay, then that's all I'm saying is all don't I'm blame saying us is for anything. I am blaming. All I the know Titans. is we went through the same thing. Some team had to get it. It just happened to be us. And okay, it wasn't but how come all these other teams have not had like two we'll, week outbreaks? Because what? they put a squash on it. They put a squash on it. And they I'm can't sorry, help what, the fact. I'm sorry. Did we just not have a Patriot outbreak just now? Hold on a second. Let me just get on this right now. You want to talk about the play, the team doing this? Um, it's not the Titans' fault that the COVID infected the team. It is the okay. Titans' fault that they were unable to manage the outbreak on their team. That's the problem. No I'll difference. You that. can make the same argument with the politics right now. You can't blame the the you know, the president and administration right now for COVID coming to America. That's going to happen. They can't stop it from coming. You right. can, however, prevent the spread of the virus. I'm sorry, by your you can't stop it from happening. 
from coming here? No. The way the world is right now, you could not prevent zero outbreaks in the United States. But how much do we situation. know about COVID? How much do we know about COVID? Because we tested our, our players and our staff. We had so many outbreaks, right? Later, another day later, we had more people pop. They mm-hmm. tested more people a week later and more people pop. Do we know what? enough about this virus to where we can say whether you're going to be asymptomatic now or you're going to pop positive now or once you get exposed to it, you're immediately going to pop positive or will it be a couple of days later? Do we know enough information about that? Well, we well, don't. I, look at this. We All right, don't. Take for example. We don't. Take know, for right? example. Look at the Atlanta Falcons. They had four people test positive. They shut their facility down. This happened on a Thursday. The Atlanta Falcons on a Thursday. We did the had, exact same thing, Nick. They shut, you didn't shut it down immediately. Yes, we did. We weren't allowed into facilities until that Saturday. When that Saturday, we weren't even allowed to go. Your because first another player person tested positive on Wednesday. We were not. No, dude. We shut hey, wait, wait. Hey, down. guys, guys, guys. Let me put a hold on this right, right quick here. First of all, let, let's answer this question. Did the Titans gain an advantage by this COVID incident? And is that why the Buffalo Bills lost? Let's answer that first. No. No. Negative. It, no. It, I think the Titans would have no. still beaten them. I don't think it would have been a blowout the way it was, though. Really? You you thought we would have had all our star players? We would have won by less? Because the Bills could have had a complete week to prepare for the Titans, not the Titans and the Chiefs. I don't think so, man. I think in the end, everybody, the professionals, these guys make millions and millions of dollars. In the end, it's about getting on the field and performing and beating the guy in front of you. And you're telling me they need like two weeks to prepare to, to beat the guy in front of you? I don't think so. We had half a team, and we beat them 42-16, to 16, dude. You, you said, though, the players that were out were the practice squad players. Yeah, No, yo, the, yo. Players, no, the you, players you, that played were practice squad players. Right. Your main guys went out. Like, Corey Davis went out. was the only player of yeah, those that was Yeah, your main guys went out. Who? Corey no. Davis. No, no, that's not true. Uh, Jeremy Simmons, our number – the reason we got rid of Jarrell Casey – was gone. We lost our linebacker. We lost a cornerback. We lost all of our receiving core, except even Adam Humphreys was one of them, except A.J. Brown, who was just coming back from injury because he hadn't played in the last two, three weeks. We had nobody. We had guys catching balls. That I didn't even know who their names were. I had no idea who those guys were. You're not going to tell me that, dude. You're not going to tell me that. All right. Let let me jump in and talk about the Bills for a second because I had the Bills as part of my, um, you know, involved in my picks, right, over the past couple weeks. We talked about the Bills with Josh Allen. We talked about the Bills um, should have losing to the Rams. Should have lost to the Rams perhaps, but Josh Allen Allen credited to him that he did his thing and he got a victory. Uh, One thing that I think we can all agree as, as, um, you know, people who watch football pretty closely – the Bills' defense is not as big and bad as, as you know, as one will say. Let's put it that they're, way. They're droppable. They're well, ranked right now. They are ranked right now. I'm not high on the Bills' defense. Team. No, dude, Only they're ranked. They 20, the they're ranked twenty third. <laughs> they're ranked twenty third, dude, in fantasy. They're not yeah. doing what they're supposed to. They're almost like a Minnesota defense, which they were probably top ten preseason, and they're a farce. Right. Right. That's yes, what. Man. That's what it is. They're not. That's the problem. It's not us. 
Don't blame us and us and the COVID and everything on us. But those are not as good as y'all think they are. And, and we exposed them. Listen, with a half-ass team, we exposed them. They no, they had a good. They had their best corner out. To Terdavious uh, White was he didn't play. Their best linebacker didn't play. They had people out too. And like men, it's like you said in Minnesota. Minnesota back cornerbacks and uh, cornerbacks and stuff. They're not. They're they're new guys. You know what I'm saying? They're not the regular old say Minnesota defense we've seen. You still got to throw the ball. They still got the linebackers, but they don't have the cornerbacks okay. and nickelback guys. They're All new right. guys. So let's, so let's 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 make it a perfect world. Right. Buffalo has everybody that they they and, and, own and on Titans their team. Have everybody. Who's winning that game? It's a. I say it's a closer game, but I get uh, I give it to Titans because of Derrick yeah. Henry. Nick, I agree. It's a, it's a closer game. Nick but I Ryan, think it's the Titans. Yeah, yeah, I still favor the Titans, and they they okay. probably will pull it off. Yeah. All right. So let me go on a transition now because I know we've been on this for way too long, but uh, let me Sorry, go. My turn light now again for Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I can order the breakfast special on DoorDash right now. Uh, <laughs> Let's yeah. go to my upset pick of the week. All right. So Wait, we didn't get know. to the upset pick yet? No. <laughs> no. Now no. we're going to get ready for been, week seven. It's about, it's about to be time for my daughter's uh, 20th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> this is how much – listen, you guys in the podcast, whenever I talk about my Titans, this is normal. I get this from everybody. They just don't want to give us the credit. This is the what I'm talking about, but the hate and the disrespect in our league. They don't want to give us the credit that we are a really good football team. Period. Wait, hold and up, we should be. Whoa, 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 and we, and look, they're already trying to interrupt right now. But I'm, I'm going to continue to <laughs> hold no, this. Podcast right Nation. Podcast Nation. About the Titans. Podcast Nation. Before we go to the upset pick, I just want to let you guys know, if you guys are listening to this still, this is actually volume two of episode four. We are breaking <laughs> up this episode, folks. I don't know where I'm breaking this up, but it's going to get broken up here. Uh, shouts out again to Brazil. Shouts out to Vermont. Brazil! France. To the bed. To the bone. Yes, exactly. Uh, but, like I said, but, but whenever, I I say, I talk about, whenever I Floyd, talk about how Floyd. good my Titans are, dude, this is the disrespect that we are asking for. We need we need more respect. We're asking for respect on our team, dude. And we just don't get it. Look at all the arguments. I wish you guys could see the video of these people's faces. They're all shaking their heads when we talk about a good football team. This is a good football team. I know what a bad one is because I've watched them for the last four or five. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, so here we with, go. So with that being said, the Titans should have a letdown against Houston this week. We should not, but oh, man, I you know how to eat. Man. <laughs> man, you did. You did that. it last week, and how'd that work out for you? Nick, there's a possibility you can um, have an additional pick for volume two here of episode four. <laughs> yeah, we might have anyway, to Anyway, anyway, let me go on again. Yeah, yeah, go, go, ahead, go, ahead, like go ahead. I said, go Like ahead. I said, go man, ahead. you understand the disrespect that the Titans get. Like, if I was like, I'm the Seahawks, they would have been like, all right, whatever. Yeah, Russell, yeah, 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 yeah. I say Titans, and I have a fucking hour of, of arguments about it, right? You know what I mean? So anyway, let's go back to my, my upset pick is. My upset pick is actually a little bit more easier. And listen, we're talking about the biggest bullies on the block. I already told you that I believe that Tennessee is one of them. And I told you guys also that I also feel that 
for us to actually own the crown, we have to beat Pittsburgh, right? Because I think Pittsburgh is also a biggest bully on the block. When that when we play each other, you're gonna see injuries, man. It's gonna be blood and guts. That's how it's always been whenever we play each other. No one comes out of that 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 game unscathed. My upset. Talk about the Titan Steelers game. We, <laughs> That's two weeks from now. Where's your upset pick? Can I finish? <laughs> Remember, guys, this is a Philadelphia football team. Man. <laughs> I just want you to remember that. 31 other find- teams, your own Titans fans would be like, enough. <laughs> My upset hey, pick. Hey, guys. Back into the sea of pit of fire. Guys, right guys to all the pe- podcasters po- right podcast listeners out in Nashville, Knoxville, Salido, anywhere within the volunteer state, please download this. Please subscribe. Please Come like get it. your mans. I need I need get I need at least 30 Tennessee downloads for this for this episode, folks. That's a challenge. Come I'll on, be out here, stay out of here. Let's go. Pick, my upset pick of the week is Cleveland over the second biggest bullies of the block, Pittsburgh. I do believe, like I said, man, listen, you can do everything you want. In the league, you can be dominant. You can do all this stuff. Ask the Chiefs how it worked out. Division, everybody knows the Chiefs are a great football team. Division games, man, they have another meaning to them. They're tougher. No matter what happens. I mean, look at the fucking sorry-ass Eagles. You know what I mean? (laughs) Look what happens, man. Look at that whole NFC East if you want to look at it. You know what I mean? Division games play a whole lot differently than out-of-conference games, out-of-division games. Cleveland is on a roll, man. They have found – I think they might have found a niche, the niche or whatever you want to call it. I'm not believing in Baker Mayfield. I do not do that. However, I do think that the stabilization of the running back with, uh, unfortunately, uh, Nick Chubb being out, Kareem Hunt being that guy, they have a focus back now. They can focus on other things as opposed to trying to share in a ball and giving all these guys all these touches. Ricky Jarrett, a.k.a. Jarvis Landry, can get more touches. Odell Beckham can get more touches. Odell Beckham has shined. Um, I think Miles Garrett is arguably, arguably, right now, the best defensive player in the league. Of course, we got Khalil Mack. We got Aaron Donald, who are also – being beast, but they're not doing right now what Miles Garrett is doing to the league. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that Pittsburgh offense with Big Big Ben, James Conner, if he's good now, the the AKA next Antonio Bryant and Chase Claypool can repeat a performance like he did last week against these Browns. This is a hated game. There will be blood spilled. So I'm going to go with the hotter team right now, which is hard because Pittsburgh's undefeated, but they also were a victim of the Titans COVID life or whatever. So I still, I think the hotter team right now will be Cleveland. I think Cleveland's going to win that game. It's going to be a slobber knocker. It may not be a high score, but I think they'll pull it out with the bigger plays. A better offense. 
I think it's a big prove it game for the Browns for sure because I think mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of people that are thinking despite the record that it's like the it's like almost like the Bears right it's like four and one with asterisk it's kind of like whoa you did get four victories but it's kind of like how you know the journey to get there I think there's a lot of people that are kind of kind of like oh we're, we're pretty skeptical but boy they can shut the skeptics skeptics up big time with a win against the Steel Curtain and the Steelers for sure. Yeah, with that, yeah, I absolutely. Agree. Yeah, shouts out to Bristol, Murfreesboro, other places in Tennessee that I may have missed. Please Chattanooga, download. stand up, Chattanooga, Clarksville, where I was born, baby. Hey, you guys heard the pledges? Let's go. I wanted to see some downloads, folks, and hopefully, you guys can come through. Um, really appreciate everyone tuning in to this marathon episode of the Big Kahunas Football Podcast here. We are at, um, well, it depends on uh, how much I got the, uh, how much I'm going to edit this, but uh, this <laughs> is our all-time four hours of recording time over here, but <laughs> I wouldn't want to miss another second with, with this great panel here. Um, this may get edited out. I am not sure. I'm not sure yet. Should we make it two volumes, folks? Let's make it one. Uh, do back, do back to back, do back to back days, back to back days. But then back to back would be Sunday. <laughs> good point. Yeah, we don't have. Yeah, you know, I that's a good point. Is it? It's all but good. You it's know, all but good. you guys, but you guys know though. Like our whole point of this podcast was just to put the content out. When people yeah. listen to it, they listen to it, man. Some people just want may want to listen to it just to hear me and Nick argue. You know what I mean? So if they let's can put see, the content out. Hey, listen, if they can see this, the, the facial expressions of Nick when you talking, they would laugh like <laughs> He hates me, dude. Yeah. I don't hate you, dude. You're awesome. Dude, this is what I said, dude. Dude, I was at Rashad's house, and I was like, Nick, when he was trying to argue with me over that dumbass, you know the Machado rules we put into place for yeah. Dynasty because of his yeah. dirty-ass brother and, yeah. and his yeah. dirty-ass shit? Or whatever with the yeah. whole like remember dude do you remember that we had the losers bracket at one time i told you it was a bad family? idea and you said oh this is a great idea shut up, shut up nick <laughs> i told shut you up, from nick. jump it was shut a bad up, idea shut up nick shut up nick wait, wait before hey guys before this we finish the show first so we can get in there yeah before we go to this here five four three two one hey um we had an agreement um, prior to um, the end of the recording of the last show that I would do the um, final word for episode four. Cool. However, Floyd, since you had since you were been on a roll, uh, I will definitely give you the ball here and see if you want to um, send us home with this one. All right. All keen aside, all keen aside, you're 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 a closer. Not a Kenley Jansen uh, 2020 yeah. closer, but more like the Kenley Jansen from three years ago closer. Yeah, I feel you, man. So after looking it down at my phone and realizing that my brain just lost this game, <laughs> seven to three, hopefully I can close the game out a little bit better than them. But like I said, man, hey, I'm going I'm to stick with the classics, man. You know what today is, man. It's 2020. In the end, you hear us arguing. You hear this. If you stay with us this long, one, I commend you. But um, like I said, I really appreciate it, man. Like, we all love you, man. We're doing this just to get the content out. We're not doing this for fame, fortune, or anything like that. Uh, we are guys that normally have this conversation 
when nobody's around. And all we said was we just need to like put it out there, man. Just put it out there. Let's see if somebody else listens to it. And, you know, somebody might get some advice from it. Somebody might not. Somebody might be like, yo, you guys are idiots. And you know what? That makes me smile. Because I'd rather be somebody's idiot than nothing to somebody. So we're here. Remember, put your mask on. Remember, wash your hands. Use your, uh, what is the hand sanitizer, all that stuff. Be safe. And also, also, most importantly, guys, if you have not done it yet, go out and vote. You can't talk about anybody that's in the position of power if you didn't at least put your vote in on that. So I know right now is that time. Or we, I think we have like a week left of actual voting. If you're absentee voting, if you have to put your stuff in the mail, if you had to go sit in six hours in a line, do what you need to do, man. A little bit of discomfort for a lot of for a lot of change a little bit of discomfort if i can tell you right now you can change the world if you go sit in line for four hours would you do that go do it go vote please go vote regardless of your voice heard Make your yeah, voice make, heard and don't be a loud voice that doesn't let their voice be heard. The worst exactly. thing in the world are people that don't vote that complain all the time. Feel free to complain all you want or cheer all you want. I don't care who you vote for. Vote. Yeah. Vote. So you have an argument and stuff. So And also to make a change. Our, our world, not only our country, but our world has a lot. We have we have some we have some moves we have to make. We have some close decisions and stuff. So we're here. In the end, this podcast is about football, but we're not immune to what's going on in the outside world. We are in the end, we're all people, man. We're all people. We love you guys. We thank you. Brazil! It's right. Who else? Hold on, hold on. Who else? Let me forget. Fred. We got him. We got the state of Vermont. Shouts out Vermont? to the What? Bernie oh, Sanders. <laughs> Yo, we love you guys, man. Yo, keep listening to us. Yo, give me some names, man, so I can shout out some people. I want to shout out some people. Like, real talk. I want to shout out people. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. All right. Love you guys, man. Y'all take it easy. Good luck on Sunday on your fantasy teams, man. I wish you guys no injuries. Y'all Except take it easy. killer. Go, ahead, go right. Badgers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the perfect ending that's the perfect